What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Do this thing Friday Eve. What's up, everybody? Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. What's up, Tyler, Jim G, Justin, GG, M. Reyes, John Dickerson, Dank. How we doing, Gunner? What's going on, man? You good? My brother, how you doing today? I'm good, man. It's it's Friday Eve. It's a perfect day out weather-wise. In, in our area, it's sunny, no, it's no, it's little not. breeze. I know right. it's not hot enough for you. I yeah. know. But no. it is really, really. It's a, it's a spring gorgeous like right now probably low 60s it'll get to the high 60s kind of day what's up griffin it is a beautiful beautiful day but beautiful day to be hanging out with the man himself d-gun you know anything's better than a snow day i just want to refer to this uh i just saw one of our people checking in here justin visger he said he's checking in from southwest wisconsin where about justin because uh you know i'm from the great city of milwaukee went to brown deer high school so where you at, Justin? Uh, I'm just curious. Anybody who checks in from Wisconsin, I'm always what area is Southwest? So tell tell me what like what Southwest is going down like towards Janesville, Wisconsin. You start going towards the uh, upper corner of Illinois, and then out towards Iowa. Okay, uh, that area. So okay. I'm just I'm just that's curious. not Milwaukee though. That's not the Milwaukee. No, area. Milwaukee is considered southeast corner because we're right along the lake. When in and right below Milwaukee, you have Racine and Kenosha. Gotcha. Uh, and then you go into Illinois where they have a uh, great Gurney, Gurney, great America park right there across the okay. border in Illinois and stuff. So uh, I'm always curious. Everybody, let me know where you're checking in from today. We just love knowing what people are Absolutely. checking in from. Yeah. What's you know, up, everybody? This yeah. fascinates me all the time, especially when you see Switzerland. If people are being legit, Switzerland, I, I Germany. Yeah. yeah. Well, know. that's the beauty of our platform, Gunner, is that, you know, we're not just local. We're not just right. regional. We're right. Global, frankly, uh, global, you know, baby. global man, and it, it's not just national; it's global. We're, you can you can watch us, you can stream us, you can listen to us, literally anywhere in the world, anywhere. You can, you can watch us from Mars, Pluto, Jupiter. That's right, Venus, Uranus. Uranus. Yep. Hey, uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say Uranus. I, I, I didn't say it. Rob said it. I didn't say Mars, it. Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Did I? Get yeah, you all? know what? There's eight planets. Oh, wait a minute. They they changed. There's only they eight took planets, one away. Not nine. Which one they, they take away? Pluto. Uh, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, which, Pluto. Which one did they take away? I don't know. I'm missing one too. Um, my, we got Miami, we got Southeast Missouri, we got Cali, Portland, what? uh, Lancaster, uh, Kansas City. Yeah, we got it all, man. What? Uh, Platteville is Bears country, according to John Dickerson. But yes, Pluto was taken away. Yeah. Uh, right. Pl- Pl- let's see, Platteville. I went, see, I went to UW, uh, Whitewater. 
I went to university. My first year of college, I went to the University of Wisconsin at Whitewater, Wisconsin. Platteville is further north, I believe, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Okay. Northwest okay. Florida checking in. Yo, uh-huh. T. Patrick, what's up, homies? Yep. Uh, Rich, wow. originally from North Philly. He's in Wildwood, Florida. Not Wildwood, New Jersey. Wildwood, wow, Florida. Wildwood, Florida. Jeez. Yes. Yes. I wonder, wonder what's, where's that close to? Is that near Homestead? Is it near Miami? Where's that from? I don't know. That's a good question. That is a good question. All right. So uh, great to be hanging out with you guys on, on this on this Thursday as we uh, we get closer to the weekend here. Uh, you know, look, a lot to dig into here, Derek. We're going to have Keith Jones, who is the new yes. director of hockey operations. They were crazy. Yeah. New title, uh, new new gig for him. He leaves the broadcast, although he's finishing up this year with it with his national responsibility. Yes, yes. But he will be leaving uh, his his duties in the booth and in the studio, and he will be taking over the Flyers along with Daniel Briere. Wow, Gorby's checking in from Ireland. That's pretty cool. Flat Ireland. Wow. Yeah, we we'll got South Jersey. We got anyway. We got a bunch bunch of different stuff. But what's um, up, Ireland? Uh, it, if, if Scotland checks in, see Scotland's my people. I found out by accident, as I've told you, the you're story. Scottish. Yep. I'm part Scottish, I, and and I'm shocked. I thought it was English. Feed your line, feed it. Yeah, that's that's the gun. That's the gun. Wow. Um, yes. So uh, anyway, so Jonesy's going to be joining us at 1:30, and this is a really unique undertaking. Uh, the guy who played the game for a long time has been an analyst for a long time. Yes. Is now taking over the Flyers, and it's uh, I think it's given the organization. A little bit of a rejuvenation, Derek. I think people yeah. who had checked out, who really just didn't care, I think are interested now. And if anything, you know, that's something. And we'll we'll get Jonesy's thoughts on everything and, and you know, his responsibilities. I, I, I listened to his press conference and, and there was a lot to dive into. And, and he really feels a responsibility to this city because he feels like he owes the city a lot because he's had a lot of success both as a yeah. hockey player and yeah. his post-hockey career. So uh, Jonesy at 130. We'll get into the Phillies, uh, who continue to frustrate. Derek, I just want to give you this real quick before we uh, here we go. Game. Here we go. So last nineteen games—that's a big sample size. It's almost twenty games. All right, nineteen yep. games, nine and ten. But listen to this roller coaster: four straight wins, six straight losses, five straight right. wins, four straight losses. They are the model of inconsistency. This team—they are whoop whoop whoop. I mean, it is up and down, up and down, up and down for a team that has a lot of talent. This is not acceptable. We're a quarter of a way through the season now. They need to start getting their act together. Well, Rob, you are speaking like the true Philadelphia fan that you are. Uh, I'm taking it as this. It is still the month of May. As frustrating as this team is right now, they um, are only seven games out. Four-game losing streak, I get it. Seven games out, three games below sea level. They were in second place a few days ago. Now they've dropped down to fourth place. But they're only a half game behind the Mets and two games behind the Marlins. Uh, Marlins, uh, are the Marlins going to be that team we talk about every fifth or sixth year they rise up when you least expect them and do some damage? Mm-hmm. Could this be the year for the Marlins, who are 22 and 21 right now? They are dangerous. Could this be? Yeah, but 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 to get back, not to deviate from your 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 theme here, um, I am not in a panic mode yet because uh, it's only May 18th. And by the way, the greatest month of the year. Um, it's only May 18th. Um, I'm not in panic mode yet. Here's when I here's when I start to get irritated, or even even let the word panic form on my lips. I would say I'm going to wait until mid June, even with all the injuries they've had. Uh, especially to this pitching staff. Um, 
this team still has enough firepower. They still have enough arms. The, the one thing that, that just perplexes me is that there's certain arms, and we'll get into it when we get into yep. our Philly segment. Um, there's certain arms in this roster. You talk about the up and down nature of this team being streaky as a whole wins and losses. Let's talk about the streaky nature of this pitching staff. Because there's one guy who just pitched out lights out yesterday or the other day and gets bombed yesterday. Yep. So, yeah, I I don't want to give too much away. Okay. Okay. I hear you. um, We'll we'll, we'll dive into it. I'm with you. That was, it was completely unacceptable. His start. Uh, Because you're killing the bullpen. You're just killing these guys. Uh, So we'll get into the Phillies. Uh, We'll talk about last night's game. Buckets, Jimmy Buckets got her. Oh my goodness. The dude's an assassin. He is a straight assassin. And the Heat grabbed that one nothing lead at the at the uh, at the Garden last night. You know, it's the third straight series they've opened with a road win. Yeah, they're only they're only the fifth team in NBA history to open a open a playoffs with three consecutive road win in series. They're unafraid. Um, that group is unafraid, man. They don't care, dude. I told you, like I said yesterday, they're the junkyard dogs. Yep. You can try to you can try to beat them off, kick them off, but you can't. You just can't. They keep coming back. I thought Boston had them dead to rights. Until all of a sudden, I looked up in midway in the third quarter, seventy-eight all. What? Uh huh. Is it the game's tied? What yeah. already? Yeah. You know, and from there, Boston cannot overcome that. You know, um, Jimmy buckets. Here's here's you know we we give Jimmy buckets a lot of credit and rightfully so for just being assassin, but his understudies are knocking down big shots every game, and that's You're why right he's about a lot that, of, man. You you can't double up on Jimmy because. You don't know who's going to be next. It's Love. It's Lowry. Mm-hmm. It's Strauss. You don't know who's going to be next. It's, it, dude, everybody's bombing away, and they're connecting. What, what were they, like 51% from beyond the arc again yeah, last and, night? And now you, I'm glad you brought up Lowry because he looked like he was cooked during the regular season. He's coming off the bench and giving them a ton, Kyle Lowry. He has been really big for them. It, it's amazing. Dude, he's 37 years old. He's playing yep. like he's 27 right now. Yeah. No, and I love awesome. the way I love the way Spolster is using him. He's not yeah. overusing him. His mm-hmm. legs are fresh, and when he comes in, he just gives that instant spark. And I think right now you're looking at two really, really good defensive teams go at it in the East. Oh, for and sure. I don't and I don't think you're going to see like these like out west. You're going to see 135, 132. I think they're going to stay in the teens or at the very worst, the low twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might even have some game in this series before it's over that stay in the nineties. Yeah, you, you I, know, you might, that wouldn't surprise you know. me. Yeah, that um, wouldn't surprise me one bit. But I'm, I'm just shocked. Boston, dude. Boston is only four and four at home in the playoffs. It's crazy. And J- Jason Tatum said we can't figure out why we're so lethargic at home. You better figure it out in a hurry. Yeah. Because Miami ain't joking, man. They're not afraid of you. They weren't afraid of the Bucks. They weren't afraid of the Knicks. They're not afraid of you. You better you better figure it out quick because basically you just gave home court advantage right now to Miami. No question. Um, all right, so we will uh, we'll get into some Eagles too in a minute. They made a couple of signings. We're going to dig into some of the offense and defense questions. Interesting point uh, a little bit earlier on Birds three sixty five with Jody McDonald and John McMullen. They had Marcus Hayes on from the Inquirer. We're going to play the cut for you and kind of react off of that. So that'll be coming up at twelve thirty. So looking forward to that. Um, but yesterday, Derek, while we were on the air, in fact, it was at 1230 yesterday yeah. uh, when it went down. Daryl Morey had a, a press conference to announce Doc Rivers firing and, you know, answer everything. Yep. I got to tell you, and I went back after the show just to kind of get the nuance of everything um, right, right. That, that he had to say. I, I'm highly frustrated because on a couple of levels, 
one of the impressions I got in, in listening to Maury is unequivocally, he wants to bring James Harden back and it feels like James Harden's coming back, which is, is, uh... is, is disappointing to me because he's going to opt out and he's going to get a long-term deal. And I think it's a huge mistake. Number one, number two, they also think they're way better than they actually are. Like he's giving you sort of like the, Hey, there were, there were, we were one of five teams that were still left standing. Like, come on, dude. Like we, we've been here, done that every freaking year. It feels like, so he's throwing that out there, which is frustrating. He admitted that Embiid was shocked by doc rivers firing. Like it feels like to me, he's in alliance with Harden. And I don't think that's going to bode well for Embiid. Embiid's the established star here. I get they were both awful in that game. But, you, you know, you're you're basically lining up with Harden. I just think Daryl Morey is going down a bad road. The other part is Gunner. They have no draft picks. They have no cap space. Nope. I think nope. this team's in big, big, big trouble. You know, when I heard Morey say that uh, Joel Embiid will not have uh, input into the next head coach, and then, of course, we heard the rumors out there that maybe, just maybe Harden helped get Doc Rivers fired, especially if you base it off Harden's comments when he was asked after Game 7, you know, what's, what's your relationship like with Doc? It's okay. Um, I, I didn't bring this up yesterday, and I said, I said, I got to bring this up today. Is it possible Harden has more clout with the front office than Embiid does. Mm-hmm. If Maury comes out and says Hart, uh, uh, Embiid will not have input into the coach moving forward, but yet Harden had a, a hand in, in possibly, we don't know this for sure. You know, we can't, yeah, it's when speculation gets out there, you can't put anything etched in stone. But if it's true that Harden had some hand in firing Doc, does he have more clout with the management than Embiid does? Yep. And Embiid's your franchise player? That's a problem. That's, That's a, a problem, problem, Derek. A I'm telling problem. you, man. We're one season away from them coming up short again and Embiid wanting out. That's where we are now. How in the world do you bring this team back as is? You can't make you can't bring Tobias back. But then what do you get to replace Tobias? If you have no money to bring in another a, a third weapon, you know, instead of a marginal player, this team doesn't need another marginal player. You got a roster full of ro- marginal role players on this team. Mm-hmm. You need a third assassin on this team you need a third guy who can who can take a lot of heat if Harden's coming back off Harden and Embiid who is that guy if you can't pay him I know who is he I know and the and the problem is and we talked about this the the part of the problem is the natural inclination is if Harden walks you're going to get his 35 million you're not you're getting the 12 million dollar exemption with the way the salary cap works yes so I get that they're in a bit of a rock and a hard place because if Harden walks, you know, you are losing major production. However, things went in the playoffs, you're losing major production. The guy led the league in assists, right, right, right. you know, almost 20 points a game and all that stuff. I get that. But I would rather take my chances and have him walk and figure it out than lock myself in for three or four years where he's just going to get worse. And even when he was at his best, Derek, back in the day, I'm talking Houston, prime Harden. Yeah. He came up small in a lot of playoffs spot so like what's the point of having a good regular season if you're just going going to disappear like he did in the playoffs yeah be a practice practice team for somebody else uh in in the playoffs i don't know man i i I don't understand this you know we keep saying harden's come coming back what if what if the rumors we started hearing on christmas day is true that he does want to go back to houston and he goes back to houston well then you really because now at least you have regular season harden who do you have to replace him? 
What do you get to replace him? Right. I mean, say what we want to say about Harden, but he's capable of pumping up 30, 40 points in any given moment. I mean, he won a couple of those games. He did win a couple of those games for the Sixers against Boston. You know, I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying I'm backing Harden in any way, shape, or form. I just think this team is between a rock and a hard place because, like you said, I don't think it can get much better. You can't. I don't think you can bring Tobias back. If Harden decides to walk and wants to go back down to Houston, where he can run the show basically with a bunch of kids that are up and coming, then you got a real gaping hole as you look at, at this roster for the upcoming season. Mm-hmm. It, it gets a lot worse instead of better without Harden and without any room to do any significant damage in terms of bringing in talent here. What do you do then? Well, I'll say this too. What also frustrates, and I agree with you, they're they're in a really bad spot. They're in a tough predicament here. Um, I'm just frustrated in general because I I feel like Maury is not able to look at things objectively. He has such a, a fondness for Harden that he's unable to see the flaws. And if he thinks locking him in for three or four years at 40 plus whatever it's going to end up being. If he's opting out of 35, it's going to be in the 40s, I would assume. Yeah, oh, jeez, jeez. It's a massive mistake. He's going to be way past this prime. Embiid is 30 going on 35 just because of all the injuries. Yes. You know, it's just, other than Maxi, there's not a lot of youth. You know, you got some solid, Paul Reed's solid, whatever. But there's nothing to really, like, I just think they're in trouble. And if he's such a great general manager, you know, he came with such hot, you know, such a great reputation, et cetera. If that's the case, then f- he he really has to get crazy and creative this offseason. And I don't know that he's capable of it. I think he's overrated, frankly. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I'm not gonna use the word overrated yet, but I, I love Howard Eskin's question to uh, Maury yesterday when he said, you know, what responsibility do you take in this? And, and Maury kind of hemmed and hawed and he gave him a half smile. I said, well, you know, it starts at this top and we got to give you all the cliche uh, front office answers, but it does start at the top. This is a trickle down effect. The nucleus of your players that you thought were better than they were the previous two years. were still just only good enough to get you to the second round. You had a chance to put Boston away in game game six. You didn't. Yeah. And what did Dennis Green say? And you let them off the hook. Yep. You let them off the hook and you got exactly what, Everybody knew what was going to happen in game seven in Boston um, on their floor. Um, now you're caught between a rock and a hard place. Now, no matter what happens in the, in the Eastern Conference the rest of the way, as we look ahead, here's one thing that we do know. We're two things that we do know. Number one, Boston, Miami, Milwaukee are going to be solid teams again next season. Yep. And the new kids on the block, the Knicks and the Cleveland, and Cleveland are going to be better next year as well Mm -hmm. where does that leave the Sixers who were the third best team in the east where are they next year if they can't fix this roster if they can't improve this roster if Harden decides to walk if they decide to get rid of Tobias I mean think about the money you got to pay Tobias just coming back here are you kidding me what 37 million yeah for Tobias Harris 39 million for Tobias are you kidding me Mm -hmm. that's highway robbery yep now I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you when you when you just said then Maury is overrated, but I can't let that word pass my lips yet. Not yet. I got to wait. This, I think this is going to be one of his biggest challenges ever as a front office orchestrator of a team is trying to put together a better team. So when we revisit this topic, let's say in early September, 
if I don't see any significant improvements, then I'm right there with you. I'm saying overrated mm -hmm. because you put yourself in this trick bat. It didn't work. You don't have any draft picks. You have very low money. How are you going to improve this product to make them comp consistently competitive with the Boston, Miami, Milwaukee's, and the Knicks and Cleveland next season? And it's not to mention, we don't know who the coach is going to be. We have no idea who the coach is going to be either. So it's, it's I just, I, I, I just, yeah. I, Tough spot, man. Tough spot man, for Rob, sure. Rob, that, yeah. That, well, and then, and then you watch, you know, you watch Butler, you watch him throughout this whole playoff run. You watch what he's doing and, and you, he gets, he should and could still be here. You're watching Joker not come up small. It, it, just, it, it just frustrates you. And I, I love watching these games, but there's a frustration element to watching these games, uh, you know, with, with, with compared to what's going on uh, from a Sixer standpoint, that's for sure. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do here, Derek, as far as a coach goes. I mean, you have guys out there with resumes, guys who have won it. Uh, Nick Nurse is out there. Budenholzer, who you know very well, uh, who yeah. coached the Bucks. Yeah. Monty Williams, who has experience here as an assistant coach. Uh, if you go, even if you go back to nurse, I didn't realize this. My son told me this the other day that, uh, Maury hired Nick nurse to be his G uh, one of the G league coaches back in the day with the Rockets. Wow. So there is a connection there, uh, with those guys. Um, so, and Sam Cassell, you know, I, I know real, uh, uh, the real RMP, you know, brings up Sam Cassell. Uh, here's the only thing, and I don't think it's necessarily fair, fair, but is he too closely associated with Doc? I, I don't know. There's a lot of different things at play here. Does he go out of the box? For whatever reason, all the betting sites want to give J.J. Redick these you know, these great odds to be the coach. Why? I don't get it. I don't, don't like it, it no. uh, even a little bit. No, no. Uh, there's a lot of good coaching options out there, but who is the right one to, to inspire this team? Whatever this roster looks like, who is the right one? Uh, uh, John Dickerson is hard ones. Uh, D'Antoni, D'Antoni. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Because he won't stress defense. If there's one thing that this team needs to do is to do a better job of stressing defense because they play a lot of Matador defense, especially on the perimeter. They were always a half step on the perimeter when you look at who they played in the playoffs and stuff like that. They, you got to get better on the defense. Boston and Miami. Look how Miami took away Boston's three-point shooting last night. Right. Okay. You look at the way Boston. Look at the way Boston took away the Sixers' three-point shooting for the most part. Look at how Miami took away Boston's three-point shooting in the in, in the first game last night. You have to get better, quicker, and rotational perimeter defense if you want to get to the ultimate goal of getting to the finals. Yeah. You just have to. Yeah. And right now, the 76ers are half step slow. And who is the right coach to come in here? and get this team to elevate his game. I I honestly don't know. I guarantee you that whoever they pick, there's going to be a certain percentage of Sixers fans that are not going to be happy about whoever they pick. And you and I might not be happy. We might be shocked about it. Mm -hmm. But that such is the case. But this is on Maury now. You got to fix this mess. Josh Harris is more focused right now about security deal down in Washington, I'm sure. Yeah. And making sure all the, all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. You know, he, he seems like a, a smart, you know, uh, venture capitalist um, in terms of putting people in the right places to run his teams. Well, you you got your guy, Maury, in his, in his position now. Let's see how he's going to get out of this mess because I think this is going to be one big Houdini act 
for him to try to get out of this mess. <laughs> well said. Um, all right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Let's turn our sights to the Eagles. Uh, we'll dive into, Derek, a couple different things. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about Jalen Hurts getting his, his master's degree, which is nothing short of unbelievable. So we'll talk about that. Uh, the offense versus the defense and an interesting uh, soundbite, which we'll play for you from Marcus Hayes regarding uh, Nick Sirianni and culture. We'll do all those kind of things. Remember, Keith Jones at 1.30. We'll get his impressions on, on taking over the Flyers gig. We'll do all that when we come back. Hey, real quick, let me just uh, mention uh, before I get to uh, our friends at Bravo, uh, we, we lost Ted Solari. Ted Solari was a, for people who don't know, was a great, I mean, I, I think he's the greatest high school uh, sports writer that's ever lived uh, out of the uh, Philadelphia area. Ted Solari wrote for the Philadelphia Daily News for ever had his own website tedsolari.com but he covered kids and he he had opportunities to, to go to other beats to to, to to jump to college to the pros he liked to tell the stories of of kids and it was yeah. the public league it was the catholic league it was the private schools it didn't care he didn't care where you were from what your background was what your race was what your socioeconomic status was he just wanted to tell stories of kids and and gave them exposure which a just made them feel good about themselves in, in, in mm -hmm. some circumstances for kids who didn't have a lot going on in their lives, had a very difficult lives and B got them some exposure to colleges that maybe helped them get a college education. So he was great. He passed away. Sadly, uh, he was, he was really had to struggle health wise the last you know few years, but uh, rest in peace, Ted, he was a good man. So yeah. Praying, praying for his family. Um, I noticed this is a tough time, but you're right, Rob. Um, it's a gift to be able to tell a story. You know, there are a lot of writers out there, but the true gift is the one to, to tell the story but with a feeling behind it. To, it it's, it's hard as a writer to make you visualize words. Mm -hmm. And Ted was one of those guys that, that you could actually visualize and feel the words that he wrote behind his stories. Yeah. That's, a, that's a rare gift. You know, we, we see a lot of guys that are good at telling stories at high school, college, pro, pro levels. Um, but there's the ones who really stand out are the ones who are so eloquent in terms of making you feel where that individual is coming from, what they had to go through and, and, and make and, and giving you the feel good story of individuals like that. Rest well, Ted, yep. you, you, your job well done. And our condolences to his family out there. We're praying for you guys. Yeah. Made a, made a major impact on human beings. So yep. that, that's, that's a pretty good testament to somebody's life. Um, all right. So we'll get a quick timeout. We'll come back uh, and we will dig into the birds. That's for sure. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are sports yep. take Jacob sports, YouTube network time for a little Bravo pizza. I'm hungry. I don't know about you. Uh, Bravo pizza. Yeah. We're thrilled that they're a part of the family now with sports take and Jacob sports, YouTube network. Uh, I've been going there my whole life. I mean, literally, and they've been family owned since 1985, Alex, the crew, they're the best. I mean, they are the absolute best. It is fresh food daily. Bravo offers 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices that you can grab to go. If you're, you're in a rush and you're hungry, you just want to get boom, boom, get out of there. But the other great thing is they have the, you name it, we'll make it when it comes to pizza. So if there's a, some special thing that you like, pineapple, uh, anchovy, whatever you're into, you call, you call up, you ask, they will make it your way. Specialized pizza. But they don't just have pizza. They have fresh pasta. They have sandwiches. They have wraps. They have wings. They have salads. The other thing is they're really committed to the community. And they have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where proceeds go to those organizations. I mentioned, uh, you know, they, they, they did an unbelievable job. Uh, with the Eagles Autism Challenge, raising money for that as well. You can follow them on Instagram or Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown for daily specials, for promotions. 
They're at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. That's 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. baby yes we are that is Derek gun i am rob ellis we're sports take jacob sports youtube network appreciate every one of you guys hanging out uh with us that is for sure and we appreciate it each and every day tell a friend smash the like button uh, and you can always go back and watch any segment of the show or any interviews that we do you can go to jacobsports.com or just go to jacob sports our youtube channel and you can watch entire episodes. You can just kind of rip them off and, uh, and and watch a bunch, watch chunks of them, whatever the case may be. It's the, the great thing 
uh, about the format that we are in. That is for sure. All right, Gunnar. So let's talk some birds. I, I want to start with this. They have signed uh, Tyler Steen, the offensive lineman out of Alabama. He is locked up and Sidney Brown, the safety, both the, both of their third round picks. They are signed, sealed and delivered. They already uh, took care of business with, uh, with Jalen Carter. He's locked up. So this is never an issue with the Eagles. This stuff always gets done timely fashion. Yeah, you're, you're muted, Gunner. But yeah, it always gets done uh, in a timely fashion. Gunner. Wait, I'm muted? Uh, now I, I was done. muted again? Uh, again? No, not me. It's push-ups. No. Push-ups. Look, look Ty, uh, you know, Anton, uh, D-Gun, you're muted. I'm not muted. I just didn't say anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, this is the time when you talk. Your uh, turn. Yeah. No, but you know what? Howie Roseman is so good at this. You know, Howie Roseman understands how the money is slotted. Howie Roseman, that money is never an issue with this in, in terms of you don't see draft picks holding out long terms with this Eagles team. You know, Howie's very fair. Um, the agents and Howie uh, find a way to work together and get it done without any, you know, tension between the two parties. Get the player, the MO is get the players in camp ASAP and let's get their careers started. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised one iota that they've gotten the, the amount of players that they've uh, signed up to this point signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, locked in. Uh, all right. So uh, beyond that, which is great, and I think I certainly think Sidney Brown's got a chance to compete here uh, for for if not a starting position for playing time um, for sure. So we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, beyond that, we didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday. And I, I meant to, to bring it up. We just it was a lot going on. It was it was our first day back. But how about Jalen Hurts getting his master's from, from Oklahoma? He graduated from Alabama in three years. Uh, yep. Didn't transfer because, and this is according to Nick Saban, because he wanted to graduate Alabama where he started from an academic standpoint. He left after three years with his degree, went to Oklahoma, had a great year at Oklahoma. We all know the rest. He ends up getting drafted in the second round by the Eagles. But while he was at Oklahoma and while he was in the pros his first three years, he was still pursuing his degree and for him to mm-hmm. end up, you know, getting that degree to me, man, just speaks volumes of, of this, of this individual. This guy just got 255 million, Derek, you know, how many of us would have continued with our studies had somebody, you, you know, ripped off a check like that uh, for us? I, 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 frankly, I don't think I would have. So he, he is, he's an amazing guy. He really is. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with his upbringing and his parents. His mom is a special education teacher. And obviously, you know, um, education is, is is been emphasized in his home. And he basically did it for mom. I mean, I mean the dude never never has to put that put that 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 degree into use. Even if his career ended abruptly, he's still set for life. Now, obviously, he's smart enough to know he's gonna make a transition and do something. But this is a young man at 24 years of age. His life is already set. I don't think, you know, we, we always talk about how scary it is that 80% of NFL players end up broke or bankrupt. I don't think you have to worry about Jalen Hurts falling in that category. I would I think agree with you a thousand percent. I think he's very smart with his money. I think he's got smart people around him. He will never have to work another day in his life, even if his career ended next season, you know, um, for whatever reason, some devastating injury, you know, he will never have to work another day. But the fact that he still, he still pursued to get his master's for himself, and more importantly, and what was he saying? Mama, mama will be proud of this one. You know, he was motivated to do it for his mother. Yep. You know, it may be for his his, his mom and his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty four years old to be as mature as he is, man. I, and I can't. We talk about this all the time, Rob. 
we look back and we are like, what are the Eagles doing drafting a quarterback in the second round? They not only drafted a quarterback in the second round, they drafted a young man who's light years ahead in terms of maturity, focus, and leadership. And the Eagles identified that. And I'll tell you what, at 24 years old, he has the complete respect of everybody in that locker room. That says a lot about the character of the young individual because normally in, in, in that position, you have to grow as a person as well as a professional athlete. Right. He has matured far beyond his years in, in lightning, in, in a lightning flash. Um, and, and, and kudos to him, his upbringing, and to the Eagles organization for seeing, for having a vision that we couldn't even begin to see when he was drafted three years ago. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's like twofold when you commit to somebody like this. Obviously, you got to be able to play. It goes without saying, if you can't play, none of this matters. I understood. But the other part of it is you better be right about the person that you're committing to. You know, you turn yeah. that kind of money over to somebody, it does weird things to them sometimes. And right. they either, right. you know, they can, they, can, they can go a lot of different ways. And one of them is, hey, I made it, man. I'm good. I don't need, look at Ben Simmons, somebody like that. Like you, you could, you could either go that route. Uh, you could get in trouble off the field. There's a lot of knucklehead stuff that could go on. We look at John Morant and some of his immaturity, by the way, they're about the same age. He and John Morant. I was looking at Forrest Hill. Forrest Hill basically said what I was thinking while we were talking, you know, you're right. John Morant, look at the money he's yep. making now, 23, yep. 24 years old. Yep. And already he's got two strikes against him in the same season for doing something dumb, you yeah. know? Um, but a lot of times, you know what it comes down to? You have to change the circle of people that are around you. Yeah. And, and here's why I say that. And I've used this when I've talked to like um, like men, men, adult groups, the churches and stuff like this and in other places. You know, and I think I said it on this very show. It's like a rocket ship with a booster. When the rocket ship gets to a certain point, the booster falls off because the booster can't go as far as the rocket is going. And it's the same way when you have goals in life. You know, and when you are put on a pedestal, an entertainer, an athlete, you know, a, a, a political figure, sometimes you have to let that booster trail off, meaning certain friends trail off. Now, you look at a John Morant, and obviously he's surrounded by people who are not thinking of his best interest, because if they were, they would shield him from certain things. You know, you go back and you look at certain people that have come through the Philadelphia sports landscape, the Allen Iversons. Uh, the Deshaun Watts, uh, Deshaun Jacksons, you know, they were surrounded by people that put them in positions they should not have been in at times. And they had to come out and explain themselves and apologize for things they shouldn't have had to apologize for or have to explain. And I look at a John Morant and I see he's in the same situation. Then you compare it to a Jalen Hurts. Up to this point, we have not seen Jalen Hurts put himself in any embarrassing situation or the Philadelphia Eagles organization. Uh, we don't know who J Jalen Hurts hangs out with, but obviously it's not a group of people who are out there putting him in um, embarrassing situations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, here is a young man who is, is so focused um, on himself as a person. Uh, completing his education as a professional athlete. He has surrounded himself with the right people and the right influences, you know, and obviously he's going to be a great leader of men. He is a perfect, perfect example of what you want to be a leader and a mentor of men who are coming up behind him in the draft, even a Jalen Carter's Tyler Steen's got players like that, so on and so forth. As long as he is a professional athlete, he will be that mentor to people coming up behind him.
Agreed. Agreed. Well said. Well said. Yeah. So kudos to uh, to Jalen for that accomplishment. True, true accomplishment. All right, Goddard, we, we touched on this a little bit yesterday, um, and I, I want to dig in a little bit more here. I look at the Eagles offense, speaking of Jalen, and, and mm-hmm. even though they lost Sayamalo and they lost uh, Miles Sanders, I, I don't think they skip a beat. In fact, I think I the either. offense is going to be better because I think Jalen's going to be better. I think he's still in the improvement uh, stage. Yes. And I think there's such a comfort level that they're not going to skip much of a beat with Brian Johnson taking that thing over. Uh, Tansy moves up as a quarterback. Like, I think they're going to be fine there with the way that that worked. Um, I, I think they're, I'd be shocked if they're not a top three offense. And, you know, I know we were going to deal with the Chiefs. Obviously, the Bills have potential to be pretty darn good. Dallas will score some points, but I think the Eagles are right there with any of those teams. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, you 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 let a Miles Sanders go, but you co- you go out and get a, a a great young back in DeAndre Swift. You add a Rashad Penny to go with Kenneth Gainwell. I think this backfield right now, as we look at it in Boston Scott, is better than it was on paper a year ago. And we know how Miles Sanders had a career year in rushing, but I think in terms of versatility, I think this backfield is better than what it was a season ago. The pass catching weapons are the same. Um, hopefully Quez Watkins can finally find his niche as the number three receiver in this offense. Um, Dallas Goddard is one of the three best tight ends in the game. The offensive line, even with Cam Jurgen sliding in at the right guard, is still one of the best, if not the best offensive lines in all of National Football League. And, of course, Jalen Hurts, what we saw him do in 2022, speaks for itself. Defensively, it looks good on paper. But I do have my question marks about this defense because of a new coordinator, a new collection of coaches. Uh, They're getting a little older at at certain positions like Fletcher Cox, you know, Brandon Graham. What role will he have? Um, But they have the nucleus. They have the personnel. There's a question mark at the safety with Blankenship, you know, as well. But you have enough people in the trenches and on the back end to cover for some of the deficiencies they might have. The key is how will the coaching staff on defense utilize the talents? Because every coordinator that comes in wants to put his own niche on a defense. Even if he follows a similar pattern of the predecessor, he wants to put his own niche. Will it bode well with the, with the current roster that's a holdover from a season ago on defense? That remains to be seen. But there's no question, both in veteran experience and youth, this Eagles defense has the capability of being a very good defense. Will it equal the numbers of what they did in terms of sacks and things like that in 2022? I highly doubt it. But if they're still hovering around a 50 sack range, 55 sack range, that's still a heck of a season. That still probably puts them in the top two or three, Agreed. maybe even top one mm-hmm. in sacks in the National Football League. Yeah, no doubt. And look, the other side of the ball is, is, in my opinion, different. It's certainly different early in the season. I think this is where you have to have a little bit of understanding of, of, of the new faces. You have a coordinator coming in from the outside. Yes, he shares a, a similar philosophy that Gannon and the organization share. But he's new. You, you have new guys taking over at linebacker, at secondary coach. And, yeah, yeah. you know, now you're asking a rookie in Jalen Carter, a second-year guy in Jordan Davis, um, a second-year player in N'Kobe Dean, yep. a new player in Nicholas Morrow, yeah. a, a new player in uh, Terrell Edmonds, and, and a, and a second-year man who was undrafted in Reed Blankenship, all to play major roles on the defensive side of the ball. So 
it's not to say that I think they take a huge step back. I agree with you. I still think even though they're not, may not have the same sack totals, they're going to have a lot of sacks, but early in the season, I just don't, I, I, I think it's going to take them a minute. I mean, I do too. And, and what you hope is that they've kind of figured it out before you go into that really difficult stretch coming out of the bye, which is, you know, 10 weeks in, you should have it together by then if you're going to have it. Oh, together. no question. So, but it's still good. I mean, you're still facing teams like the Vikings in week two, like teams that can put up some points. Yep. Yep. So it's going to be tough. Yeah. No, no question about it, Rob. Um, the, the biggest obstacle for them to overcome is getting through training camp because they're not going to get a lot of extensive reps. You're not going to, all the teams now are going to keeping our starters out of preseason games and understandable. So when you think about the multitude of injury possibilities there, you want these guys hitting the ground running come September when you kick off the season for real. Um, Even when you play scrimmages against certain teams, you only have limited reps. So you're not getting a feel for a lot of things that the coaching staff wants to do. And it's still a guessing game for the coaching staff in terms of how do I want to utilize certain guys in my scheme? Right. You know, not, not just the starters, but rotational players as well. How are they going to use Greedy Williams? Right. You know, um, he's a guy we never talk about. We never way. talk about him, and he's no. a really good cornerback. Yep. You know, yep. Um, how, how are they going to use Kayvon Wallace? You know, how, how is Sidney Brown going to be used? Mm-hmm. How long will it be before Sidney moves in at the safety spot of head of Blankenship, or does Blankenship hold him off the entire season? Right. You know, we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Can can Nicobe Dean be that player we're all anticipating him being? I don't know much about Nicholas Morrow. You know, we knew what Kazir White was, and Kazir White had it up had his up and down moments. You know, I don't know what Nicholas Morrow is going to be on, on the weak side of this defense. We know what Josh Sweat is. We know Fletcher Cox gives you Pro Bowl play sporadically. Uh, Jordan Davis has to step up and play a lot more snaps than he did. Yeah. Jalen Carter's going to get in there. I, I think Jalen Carter's going to end up starting ahead of Jordan Davis, to be honest. I do with too. You. I do um, too. Brandon Graham's 35 years old now. Uh, what is Brandon Graham going to give you? You know, and then when you, you get past uh, Brandon Graham, you're looking at right now like Janarius Robinson, Teron Jackson. What are they going to give you if a Brandon Graham goes down? Or Hassan Reddick goes down. Nolan Nolan Smith is on the other side. He's got to get acclimated to the pro game. you got a lot of great potential on this defense, but how quickly will this thing mesh? That remains to be seen. Yeah, there are are a lot of question marks there on that side of the ball, and I just hope that people – Eagles fans realize that it's not going to be just seamless. At least I don't think it will uh, on the defense. And look, hey, maybe Sean Desai does so many things that that we're just blown away by. Yeah, exactly. As he takes this thing over. I don't know. I'll I'll be interested. I'm going to be very interested in how different it looks from his standpoint compared to what it looked like with Jonathan Gannon. And I I get it. Everybody's done with Gannon. I hear you. Um, But what that's going to look like, from his side of the ball because they are similar in, in philosophies, but you know, he's going to want to put his own twists on things. And, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we finally heard from him and we finally heard from um, Brian Johnson last week. It took the Eagles a long time to make these guys available. Um, but finally yeah. they did, yeah. you know, and one of the things I thought was interesting from Sean Desai, and you could say maybe this was pandering a little bit, but I, I he said, look, I've, I was here with temple. You know, I coached here. I, I went to, he got his doctorate or masters from temple. I forget, but he said, uh, yeah, I know what the city wants. I know what the city's all about. And I think right, we have right. to we have to represent that with the way that we go about things. So I, I thought that was kind of a, an interesting thing to say. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you hundred percent. You know, it, it's good to have it's good to have people that know the culture. A lot of coaches and stuff to get hired, 
you know, they hear about the culture, but they don't understand it. You have to learn it along the way. He truly understands exactly. This is a, a this is basically a roll up your sleeve and, and put your hands in the dirt type fan base. You know, you get that. And so it's going to be interesting to see. It's one thing to talk and now you got to walk it. You know, luckily you come into a situation where you have people that can make you look really good a lot sooner rather than later. Yeah, no question about it. And there's, uh, you know, then there's the other thing that we never discuss, which we should is special teams. Uh, Michael Clay's still there. Uh, your guy, your guy. Sipos is still there. Uh, you, you know, there, there doesn't seem to be any, any real changes there. Um, as of right now, you know, we'll, we'll find out and hopefully there's going to be some competition. Um, right, you alerted this to me to this uh, earlier uh, today when we were, we were talking, kind of going, going over yeah, things for the yeah. show. Uh, Marcus Hayes was on with birds 365 and you can catch that show, by the way, each and every day, 8 AM to 10 AM with John McMullen and Jody Mack. So I, I suggest everybody tune in if you don't already. Um, but I thought this was an interesting soundbite uh, from Marcus regarding Nick Sirianni and the culture of the Eagles and how, how much he pays attention to that. Here's Marcus. Nick Sirianni is coincidental to the success of this team. This team was excellently built, um, stay, has stayed very, very healthy, and the culture that existed when he arrived remains if you guys remember, I think it was the flower power speech that got leaked out or he leaked it himself before the Detroit lions game. Right. And after the Detroit lions game, I think Jason Kelsey broke the locker room post game huddle with something like flower power or roots on three or something like that. At that point, Nick Sirianni was accepted by the culture that already existed. He has nothing to do with the, the, the existence of the culture that the Philadelphia Eagles have right now. Um, it's Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox. It's um, Brandon Graham. You know, you get a guy like Hassan Reddick who totally fits the culture, who is incredibly professional, who wants to win, who wants to work. You know, these are Howie Roseman uh, decisions. These are not Dick Sirianni uh, decisions. He doesn't influence it. He, he's happy to have it, but, you know, if you look at what Dick Sirianni did, has done in the last six months, you could argue that he is completely dismissive of culture. You can't hire, you cannot hire Matt Patricia and worry and, and be concerned about your culture. You can't fire uh, Denard Wilson, Denard Wilson, right? Yeah. Um, and, and think that it's not going to matter. The most volatile player on your team is Darius Slay, who endorsed Denard Wilson to be defensive coordinator and who despises Matt Patricia. Darius Slay is one of your, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, you know, knowing who he is and the kind of guy he is. Not that he's a bad guy, but he's kind of a, a wafty guy. He's one of the biggest leaders on the team. And you have just spat in his face twice. Nick Sirianni, if anything, needs a lesson in culture. All right. A couple things. So I think is the latter point is an interesting one. Let's start with the Patricia thing. Sirianni did reach out to Slay before he made the move. It's not like he just brought him in blindly. It wasn't like a Joel Embiid situation where he was shocked that Doc Rivers got fired. Okay. He did make it a point to reach out to him first. So that, that needs to be pointed out. Um, 
I, I don't think he spits in the face of the culture there. I think he was fortunate in that he stepped into a situation where he had all the leaders that Marcus just, you know, recalled there. Um, however, here's where I'll disagree a little bit with Marcus. When he, when he took this thing over at the end of Doug, and we know what a, what a mess that season was, you know, previously, where they went four games, um, to some degree, you have to, to, to start a culture up and, and, and sort of, um, build up your own culture to fix some of the woes that you had. Yes. So I think there is something to be said for what Marcus said, but I don't know if it's as cut and dry, um, as he laid it out. I'm, I'm curious, you know, where you fall on this. Um, I'll agree with Marcus on this. Um, Howie Roseman did an excellent job. Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, Dom DeSandro, uh, did an excellent job of bringing in a certain type of character player here, not just players who could play, but players who have had a history of not being troublemakers anywhere they've gone. I think part of the culture has been Nick Sirianni went out of his way to discuss it with Darius Slay before he made the decision to bring Patricia in here. That's respect. That's showing the player respect. That's making sure what you have in house already is not stirred up negatively and causing any unnecessary tension. A lot of coaches just would have made a decision and told the player, Hey, this is what we're going to do. I'm sorry if you have a problem with it, but we think this helps our team. Nick Sirianni went and talked to Darius Slay and said, Hey, if we bring him in here, can you make this work? Darius Slay gave him his blessing. That's a sign of the respect. In terms of Sirianni starting his own culture, look at some of the schoolboy things he's done that has won his play, players over. Wearing certain types of T-shirts, wearing T-shirts um, with caricatures of his players on it. Some of the quirky sayings that he's had. When I've talked to players, and I've, I've asked a lot of players, what do you think about Sirianni? Man, we love playing for this guy. He treats us like men. That's huge. That's part of the culture. You know, we, we, they're not robots. They're not bought and sold commodity pieces. He treats them like men. He talks to his players. He gets their input. He listens to them. He implements certain things, whether it's training habits, eating habits, how we practice, how long we we, we, we move around on stations. That's all a part of, of, of a culture, of a football team. So Nick Sirianni, yes, he inherited a great group of locker room leaders. And he's brought in, as he's been here, um, he's he's brought in guys who are not problem makers like the Hassan Reddicks and in the James Bradbury's and people like that. So Nick Sirianni enhanced a certain culture, but he's also added his own twist to it. And let's face it, Rob, the bottom line is the two years he's been here, the team has had a good deal of success. Yeah, that helps too. winning helps helps breed camaraderie as well. Yeah, yeah. you know, no, I, I think you're right. And I, and I, I think the other thing and Marcus pointed it out uh you know aptly the whole flower speech we talk about it a ton but what it what it showed you was that the veterans had his back they could have very easily been like who is this guy what are we what are we talking about here man and Kelsey and all those guys bought into him so that told me leading up to that they were buying what he was selling Yes. And and that was just an example of it. And that's obviously they really kind of took off as a team after that. But that was was an example. So I wouldn't say like, you know, he, he he's basically a, a dismissive of culture. I don't think that's the case. I think, you know, a, a very secure coach will come in and say, there's some pretty good leaders here, man. 
I got to kind of get out of the way to an extent because they have this thing under control. uh, Insecure coaches would come in and say, we're doing it my way. I don't care. Jason Kelsey. He didn't do that. And I, and I think that tells you a little bit about him. It also showed you like, you know, he stepped away from, from, from calling plays where a lot of guys egos wouldn't let him do that either. Yeah. So I I think it's kind of a a tribute to Nick Sirianni. Uh, I I agree. I agree. And, And you know, the one thing we didn't talk about, Sirianni can get tough on players when he has to. And the players re- players respect it because they'll tell you, yeah, you know what? He needed to get on me at that particular time. You know, um, he knows how to crank it up and when to back it off. Yeah. You know, he, he gives his veteran players days off during the week. Um, you know, when you establish yourself as a veteran, you get time off during the week. He understands the grueling nature of the game. And some players need extra time, especially older players need extra time for the, the bumps and the bruises to heal up a little bit more to get ready for that next game. And because of that, because of how he treats his players, the respect that he has for his players, the spare, players have the utmost respect for him. Anytime a new coach comes in that you don't know a lot about, Veteran players will sit there and look at him, cross that. Okay, let's see what this guy's talking about. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he's capable of doing. Uh, and I'm sure the Eagles veteran players did that because not many people knew who Nick Sirianni were, was. Right. He wasn't already an established head, head no. coach with a, a win-loss track record. But he won his guys over in a hurry because he was able to relate to today's player. You know, he could joke with these guys. He can talk to these guys. He told these guys – Everything he told these guys in the first meeting, he's lived up to. He hasn't deviated from it one, one iota. You know, I want I, I want you guys to be accountable. Um, I want you guys to have input in the product here. I want you guys to, to, to represent the organization well. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He's lived up to everything he's told these guys. And, again, because they've gone to the playoffs back-to-back years, had a great measure of success, you know, a lot of times instilling and maintaining that certain camaraderie, and, and I like to call it, um, how do you, cohesion. how would you describe it? Cohesion is a good word. Um, winning, winning breeds all that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and you know, it's not like he's coming. It's not like he's coaching the Houston Texans or, or the Indianapolis Colts, you know, where they're still trying to find a certain identity or a team like the Jets that have been floundering forever or the Giants that have been floundering for years. You know, this is, a, this is a team that already had a good nucleus of players, and he picked up on it. It was a struggle the first half of his first season, but they took off in that latter half, and they got to the playoffs. Then they improved it tremendously in year number two, got within a few points of winning a Super Bowl. And you look at the nucleus now, they lost five players that were significant players for them. But when you look at what they brought in, both by way of free agency and the draft, they're in a good place right now to do a lot of great things. Going to be a much tougher schedule, much tougher road to hoe, but they're in a good place to compete. So two things. I, I agree with Cal's sentiment. He said, even if Sirianni's a little goofy, he's a real dude. And I, and yeah, I think yeah, he is genuine. Yeah. And I think that the players see that he's authentic and he cares about them. Right. And I, you know, the other thing is we're, we got a real, we're going to really find out a lot this year because we've seen this be the downfall of many head coaches when you have to change assistants and coordinators. Right. Right. If they don't make the right choices, you know, and ultimately I think it really, and he was here forever anyway, but he made a lot of mistakes with, with assistant coaches as time went on. Uh, Doug, Doug and the organization struggled with, with when Frank Reich left. So I, I this is going to be key here. You know, I think we all feel pretty confident with Brian Johnson, but we don't know. I mean, ultimately, 
and right. and and Desai. They better be right on Sean Desai because they did let a, a Denard Wilson go, who maybe could have been you stepped in and been that guy. Mm-hmm. So that's that's going to be a big piece of this thing because he he had really good assistance to his credit. He hired really you know quality assistants, but now Shane Steichen's not here anymore, and others. No. Well, I mean, it's understandable when you have success, everybody wants to pick your carcass. Yep. You know, they want to pick your carcass clean. And, and I'm not surprised at the volume of coaches that have left here. Now, Denard's situation was a little di- different. He left here out of frustration. Um, but you know what? You move on. And, and and hopefully you found a guy. You had some other guys out there that had pedigree. You know, you had the Fangios. We've heard that story. There was a possibility he could have been that guy here. You had a Vance Johnson, you know, uh, who ended up going to Denver. Um, you, you had you had a, a plethora of guys you could have picked from. You chose Desai. Now, obviously, this is not just picking him on a whim. This is sitting down as an organization, looking at his track record, talking to people who know him, talking uh, talking amongst themselves. Is this the guy we need to take this collection of talent that we have and make it a cohesive, efficient machine that can significantly help out our offense? to get to where we want to go again, which is another shot at the Super Bowl. Exactly right. Well said. Well said. Yeah. So, look, there's a a lot of things to look out for. There's a lot of things on the defensive side of the ball. Um, You know, the good news is you really feel like Nick and the front office, Howie, you know, whomever you want to put in there, director or player person, I feel like they're all on the same page. Like, it doesn't feel like there's any dissension there. Uh, I think they've learned from not letting Doug have as much input maybe as they could have allowed. They've, I feel like they've given Nick a little bit more freedom in choosing his staff and choosing the direction that he wants to go. And it feels like he's, yeah. he has more autonomy than even Doug had, which is, you know, uh, part of it was Doug didn't want a lot of that, but I think as time went on, he did. Um, but I think they realized that, you know, if we're going to trust this guy to hire him as a head coach, you know, we, we need to give him some say. And things and let him have his exactly. people. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, the Eagles, the Eagles right now are the envy of a lot of organizations in the NFL. It seems like everything that they've done right over the past several years has turned up gold for them. The only thing missing is hoisting that Lombardi trophy. But in terms of culture, how you treat people in any in, in organization, not just and, and not just the owner, the GM coaches and players it's everybody in the organization enjoys working for this eagles organization even people who know this is only a stepping stone in their careers they enjoy their time with the philadelphia eagles because how everybody's treated in that organization um and and people want to come here and that says a lot about you can't you can't say that about every team in the national football league Mm -hmm. you know every organization um and, and they've done a great job of instilling that across the board yeah. with this organization. Um, and that's why you get a lot of the players, like you get the Bradbury's, the Reddick. Now, Reddick had a built-in excuse. He went to Temple, wanted to come back here. I get it. Bradbury knew that this team had a chance to be good when he looked at the nucleus. Uh, you know, a lot of times players will take a little bit less to come here. Bradbury came back, for what we understand, less money to stay here mm-hmm. compared to what he was offered on the open market. Why? Because he knows he has a shot to get back to that Super Bowl more so than maybe some of the other teams out there that are in the rebuilding stage, you know. So um, let's see where it goes from here. Can this team duplicate what Kansas City has created 
in terms of a culture, in terms of a consistent winning entity, going to three Super Bowls in a span of four years, winning two Super Bowls in a span of three years. Mm-hmm. Let's see if the Eagles can, can create that type of culture. They're right there with Kansas City. The only thing they don't have is the most recent trophies. Yep. Well said. All right, let's come back. Uh, We'll dig a little bit into some Phillies and what's going on with them. And then at 1.30, Keith Jones. At 2 o'clock, our NFL segment. Derek, we're going to look at the NFC East and their schedules. And we are going to rank our top five NFC teams. We'll do NFC today. It was tough, man. It was tough. It was tough. And then tomorrow we're going to do AFC. But we're going to do our top five teams with everything that we know now. Free agency, trades, the draft what their schedule is looking like, what based off of last year, et cetera. So we'll do all that uh, coming up at 2 o'clock, so don't go anywhere. He's D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, I want to tell you about my good friend Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is not an easy thing. That is for sure. And I'm in the front of that line. Trust me. Uh, and I was for years, but I found the right person. I trust all my finances with Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. Personally, I've entrusted my IRA and my 401k rollovers with Jim, and it's been awesome. He's also a great sounding board, a guy to just bounce ideas off of if you're not sure about something trends, all that kind of stuff. He's always there to answer any questions. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. And you could also reach out to him via email. That's Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mets and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest 
thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another shout out to this place for for making it easy turning tragedy into a celebration of life no matter how hard is what we do at life celebrations by givenish life celebrations by givenish customizing services as unique as the individual e-a-g-l-e-s eagles All right, we're back. Yes, we are. And it is Thursday already. That's a beautiful thing out there. That's for sure. Plans for the weekend, Gunner? What do you have going on this weekend? Got anything interesting? Muted? No, I'm not. No, I'm not muted. I'm not muted. All right. Now, so here's what happened. So, planning, uh, my wife decided that she's going to do her famous fried fish, fried shrimp taco bar for my, for our birthday party so oh that's right you know, you're celebrating your birthday this weekend i forgot about that yeah too. and then i found out by accident so my son-in-law and and um, a group of guys have uh, uh set up i'm doing a fishing trip with guess who barrett and captain tony oh, so really? we're doing we're doing a fishing trip for flounder and sea trout okay. or sea, or sea bass on a saturday morning so i gotta get up at like three in the morning Okay. And get ready and drive to go to Wildwood with my son, my son-in-law, and some other guys. Um, for this, this trip. is this is Saturday morning. Yep, Saturday okay. morning at okay. crack of dawn. Then come back home, and we're going to come back here and do uh, fish tacos and shrimp tacos. Okay, that's a good yeah. day, man. That that is a fun day. I It'll like be a it. long day, brother. But whew, and it's supposed to be seventy-five on Saturday, so that's a good thing. Yeah, it is going to be. It's right up your alley, man. Nice and warm. I think it's going to be warm tomorrow, too, actually. I, I think it's 70 tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Barbara Carroll, thank you. I appreciate it. Birthday was 71 yesterday. tomorrow. 77 on Sunday, Derek. Oh, so, yeah. 71. Okay. Right in your yep. wheelhouse. So I have the double dip well, yeah. proms. I have a prom. My daughter's high school prom is tonight. Her boyfriend's high school prom is tomorrow night. Oh, geez. Oh, my goodness. Yes. We are going back-to-back proms. How about that, man? It's exciting. Dude, do you have to chaperone for the whole thing? No. No. That's good. So you don't have to put on the suit and tie and be there? It, oh, it's, no, no, it's no, a good day. no. You don't have to get out there and dance with the daughter and all that good stuff? Oh, we did. We had the father-daughter dance already. We did that. Oh, you yeah, did that? that? Did. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. When did you do that? When did you do that? We did it. Oh, man. It was probably like um, two months ago, maybe somewhere around there uh yeah we oh did. wow they, oh yeah oh yeah uh john uh yes one dress uh john asks two dresses uh one new one borrowed if that makes sense so uh yeah but it's a lot man it's a oh, lot wow. it's a lot but we're excited she's excited so it's all good oh so, look at you the, the little girls all grown up uh don't remind you, me. You, you're gonna have to get the shotgun soon man your, your daughter your daughter's very pretty yes. you're gonna get the shotgun man because uh you know a lot of these knuckleheads out there these mm-hmm. days oh yeah yep 
I went through that twice, man. So with two dollars, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Gonna be fun. Gonna be fun. All right. Uh, all right. To the to the to the Phillies and my frustration. So they lose. Here we go. They lose again yesterday, Derek, and they get swept out um, by the Giants. If you include last year, and this is excluding the postseason, okay, this is just the regular season. They're zero and nine in their last nine games played in California during the regular season. Uh, L.A., San Fran, et cetera. Yes. Oh, and nine. Um, so they lose yesterday Ooh. and Taiwan Walker can't even get out of the first inning. He goes two thirds of an inning, four hits, four runs, two walks, 40 pitches thrown. He's now got a six, five, three ERA on the season. You paid him four years, 72 million. So he's making 18 million a year to not get out of the first inning. Um, he's got to be better because here's the problem. You start tapping into the bullpen in the first inning and, and to their credit, yep. yep. You know, they handled their business all the way up until the eighth. Eventually, the dam's going to burst when you're asking these guys to give you seven, eight innings. Yes. It's going to happen. So that's where this starts. Your starters have been all over the place this year. You finally got Ranger Suarez back. Wheeler and Nola have come on and been better lately, but they haven't been ace-like. And you piecemealed it beyond that. And their starters have hurt them more than anything else this season. I mean, they have really hurt them. I'll get to the uh, number two issue with them, but it's, you know, first and foremost, their starters need to be better than they've been. Um, and that include that includes Nolan Wheeler, right? You know, they've, they've pitched decent, but then it's like, what, 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 what is going on with this staff? I understand they're compensating for arm injuries and things like that. But but why haven't they been more consistent? And, and even when they pitch well, you look at their numbers, six strikeouts, eight strikeouts, nine strikeouts. We have to give it up seven hits, eight hits. And it seems like all the damage happens to them in one inning. You yeah. know, it's not like it's, it's spread out over a span of innings. It's mm-hmm. like they pitch well for several innings, and then all of a sudden they implode. And that's been their theme the entire season. Mm-hmm. And the, the offense – has been I, I haven't broken down the numbers, but every time I look at a box score, this Phillies offense, 8, 10, 12, 13 hits. So it's not like the team isn't hitting. They haven't got a lot of timely hits in a lot of situations. We were talking yesterday about them being one for 34 during that three-game uh, sweep um, to, to, to the Giants, but well, the, the previous three-game losing streak. But they're not getting the timely hitting. The starting pitching has been inconsistent. Do you think – is it possible because they went to the World Series and had less time to 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 basically cool down and and, and get that time off? Because look at Houston. Houston's no, no. struggling. Yep. I, I, I think it plays into it. I do. Uh, I think it's especially with pitchers, I think it plays into it. I, I think that it's less of a of a it's a quicker turnaround, but it's also the mileage that you put on last year. And neither one of those guys, Nola or Wheeler, had pitched into the postseason before in their career. So I think it is having right. an effect. You saw that Suarez started the year off hurt. Now he's back. So I do think it has an effect. Uh, but look, you bring up issue number two. Yeah, They go yeah. one for six yesterday with runners in scoring position. Yes, Derek, I'm not making this up. They are two for their last 39 that's how, almost hard to do. How? How? I mean, think about this. You have at least a runner on second base, and only twice in 39 times have you gotten that guy home. It, it's almost impossible to do with major league players. It's incredible. Dude, I, I I don't get it. When you look at 
you have Stott hitting 280. Turner just dropped down to 262. Harper, Castellanos, Schwarber, Real Muda. Just two, four. Your first six hitters are professional hitters. They are good contact hitters. They are good spray hitters. They are good long ball hitters. Your first six. Now, obviously, Stott only has three home runs, including the one yesterday. (coughs) But they're good at getting good wood on on the ball. I don't get this, man. I, I I can't figure this out. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if they're overcompensating. I don't know if they're all trying to swing for the fence. They're swinging the bad pitches. Um, they're, they're getting too, they're too many strikeouts. I mean, every time I look up 10, 12 strikeouts in a game for this for this arsenal, that's inexcusable. When I when I when we looked at this roster before the season started, the one thing I said was, with Trey Turner in there, and whenever Harper comes back. This is a lineup, at least the first six, seven hitters, that is going to put a lot of stress on pitching, whether it's starting pitching or relief pitching. They're going to put a lot of stress because they're so potent at the plate potentially. They haven't done it consistently. No, they haven't. No, they, they I, haven't done it. I'll give you a, a chief culprit here, and it's Trey Turner. Trey Turner this season, Derek, is six for 38, no home runs and 14 strikeouts with runners in scoring position. Runners in scoring position with two outs. He's three for 32. Could it be the curse of Philadelphia, Rob? In terms of, look at Castellano's numbers before yeah. he got here last year. Yep. What happened to him last year for the most part? Yeah, he's terrible. As well as that team started hitting once they made the managerial change in the month of June rolled around. Look at how inconsistent he was until you got close to the playoffs. Right. So basically a whole summer was wasted. You know, and now I'm looking at Trey Turner. We couldn't wait to see Trey Turner, one of the fastest players in the game, one of the best contact hitters in the game. Hits for high average. Will hit for home runs. He'll give you 18 or 20 home runs. It's not the Trey Turner I thought we were going to get to see up to this point. Man. Here's what I've noticed with him: he's always behind in the count. It's always 0-2. He's always digging out of a of a of an unfavorable count. Uh, the other thing I noticed with him: he's not trusting his hands. What I mean by that is. And you know this because you played the game, Derek. He's, he's yeah. a guy who's not letting the ball get in on him. He's reaching. You lose yes. power there. You lose yes. your legs. You lose your hips. You lose your body, your lower body turns, yes. your core. Yes. And everything is your arm hitting. And, and that's what I'm seeing from Trey Turner. I'm surprised by it. The other thing that's really surprised me, and there was an instance yesterday where the, he should have 100% stolen yes. second base to take a double playoff, but he didn't. He's not stealing bases. He's got five steals this year. Uh, there, there's a lot about his game that needs to be picked up. He's played a very, uh, and I'll, I'll be kind here when I say this, nonchalant kind of game at times where he's not always busted it. And you're making, you know, 30 some odd million to bust it. He needs to be better than he's been. He's letting them down. You know, and now I, I think he's too talented for this to keep up. I really do. I, I think he'll end up having a much better year his first year than Castellanos had in his first year. That said, all I can go off of is what I've seen through 43 games. 43 games. Let me give you his numbers. Yeah. They defied mediocre. 262 average, 308 on base percentage, 399 slugging percentage, 707 OPS. That's that's ah is what that is. He's got 24 runs. Wait, 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 wait. That's what? Ah. (laughs) (laughs) He's got 24 runs out of either the leadoff spot or the two hole most of the year. That's bad. Like, for example, Nick Castellanos has 31 runs scored this year on his own right. So, 
you know, it, it, like Kyle Schwarber, Derek, is hitting 175. Yes. Kyle Schwarber's yes. got 24 runs scored. He's got as many as Trey Turner. So uh, he, Trey Turner's got to step his game up. He's not the only one, but he's got to step his game up. Schwarber cannot mm-hmm. continue to be the all or nothing. It is either a home run or basically he's striking out. And 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 I know that's sort of who he is, but he's got to be better than this. Well, see, Rob, I was just going to say that's what you're going to get from Schwarber. You you might as well just just settle in, strap yourself in. That's what you're going to get from from Schwarber. You know, um, that's what he was basically last year. Yep. And he hit what? How many home runs? Forty last 46, year. Forty six, whatever okay. it was. Yeah. So that's what you're going to get from him. You know, he's got, he's that big moment guy that you just cross your fingers, uh, fingers that this is that wild moment for him. So is, is Turner going to be your new Castellanos this year? Last year, you were all over Castellanos. Yep. You wanted him demoted. You wanted him fired. Trey Turner is one of the elite of the elite. So until further notice, is, is Trey Turner your new Castellanos? Um, he's getting there. I don't know if he's officially in Castellanos' watch, <laughs> but he's not far away. I, I will tell you that. He's not far away. All right, so here's what they have. Let me give you where they are in this, just to put it in perspective, because they're they're fortunate – Excuse me. In that the NFC, the NL East hasn't been nearly as good as we thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta's five and five in their last ten. They're still really good. They're twenty-seven and sixteen. Miami, who you brought up earlier, has started to play you know better ball. They've won three straight. Um, they're they're a game over five hundred, but they're in second place, which is surprising. The Mets have underachieved. They're two games under five hundred. They're in third. Phillies are in fourth right now. They were just second. I know. Two days ago. They dropped, yeah, they dropped down three spots. So they're they're seven games back. And then, you know, Washington, who's not good, is is nine back. So that that's where kind of things are right now. The good news is Suarez is back. It looks like they're gonna have Alvarado very soon, uh, coming off his his little issue here. He's gonna be back. They sent Falter down, but here's what they have coming up. They get the Cubs at home for three, they get Arizona at home for three. So they, you know, Arizona's played better than people thought this year, but both of those series being at home, right? Phillies need to play well because after that, Derek, in the NL East, you go to Atlanta for a four spot, and then you go to the to the Mets for three. So you you better get your act together with those seven games. I am not I am not optimistic about anything you just said because of the way they've played up to this point. Now the Cubs come in here this week. Yeah, Cubs can hit. Cubs Cubs have had their issues, but the Cubs can hit. So I'm not so sure that it's going to be a clean sweep. I mean, the Cubs have scored 206 runs. Okay, uh, Phillies have scored 183. The Phillies have given up 212 runs. The Cubs have given up 184 runs. The Cubs in a differential of plus 22. The Phillies are minus 29. Right now, the Cubs come in having lost five in a row. But earlier this season, they faced a team, I can't remember who it was, that had come in on a losing streak, and they found a way to beat the Phillies. Mm-hmm. So, And the Cubs are five games below sea level. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, the Giants were below sea level. And you look at the Giants, this Giants team uh, has only scored 190. They've given up 210. They're minus 20 in a differential. But now they're on a three-game winning streak thanks to the Phillies. Right. The same Giants team that had problems against Arizona – the previous series, all of a sudden wakes up. I hate to rub salt in your wound, you know, but, you know, when you were talking about the the Phillies um, Giants series, we were talking about Gabe Kapler yesterday. Uh, uh, I I hate to give you this stat, Rob. 
because people couldn't wait to get Gabe Kapler out of town. Right yep. now, Gabe Kapler is 12 and three versus the Phillies. 12 yeah. and three versus yep. the Phillies. Yeah, he's owned them. He's owned the Phillies. San Francisco has owned the Phillies. Yep. Now, okay, they're done with San Francisco. Now they come home. They come home with the, the, the tails between their legs. You got a Cubs team you should be able to handle. I'm not so sure it's going to happen, Rob, to be honest. I'm, I'm I hope, with you. I hope so. I need to see it I, before I, I buy it. Yeah, I need I to see it. I will tell you that. All right, let's get a timeout. Keith Jones is going to join us when we come back. Keith Woo-hoo! Jones, the director of hockey operations for your Philadelphia Flyers. Yes, Keith Jones. That's Derek Gunn and Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let me tell you right now about Pro Action Restoration. Yes, if you have a home, a business, property that you own, and you've gone through the inconvenience and the pain, frankly, of fire, water, smoke damage, you name it, they can handle it, okay? Pro-Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week. So if it's at night, if it's a weekend, if it's a holiday, and you have a problem, they are there. They will get there. I can tell you that because I reached out to them on a Saturday, and they got right out. They fixed the problem. Could not have gone more smoothly. They are licensed, bonded, and fully insured. Pro-Action Restoration has been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades, and they will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, but it could be something else that you're not really sure how to handle, right? Well, reach out to them. They can let you know, and they they can give you an estimate. They can talk you through this thing and and get you taken care of. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760. Six zero or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Got fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles All right, we're back. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis and Derek Gunn will be joined. Who is unmuted, by the way. Yes, congratulations, Derek. <laughs> first, first, first break that we've come back from where Derek was not muted. So we're making progress there, people. I'm still uh, in vacation mode, man. What do you want? Yeah, from me? Uh, you're still in California. You're, you're still yeah. on Pacific time. So for yes. you, it's only, yeah. uh, I don't know, 1030. It's uh, whatever it is. 1231. 10 yeah, 1030 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. There you go. All right. Joining us right now, what 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 a thrill! What an ex- what exciting news that it came down last week. Uh, there he is, <laughs> Keith Jones, the one and only, uh, our former colleague to an extent, uh, for sure, is taking over as the director of hockey operations for the Philadelphia Flyers, and he joins us right now. Keith, congratulations, man! First and foremost, and. I don't know if you felt it. I know you've been kind of back and forth with your other duties that you have that you're still finishing up, but there's a renewed excitement. And I mean this sincerely in the Delaware Valley to where people were really kind of checked out. If there's anything that's happened over the past week, that's one thing, but first off, congrats, man. I appreciate that, Robin. Great to see both of you guys. It's been a while. Gunner always uh, enjoyed our conversations at our time there at at, uh, Comcast Sportsnet back in the day. Um, But that, but just really uh, honored to be on with you guys and so thrilled to have an opportunity to, you know, help bring the Flyers back to where things used to be. And uh, it's just a great chance to reconnect with the fans and get them to reconnect with the Philadelphia Flyers and our brand and make sure that uh, we do our part to get the team back in a place where the fans can be proud of it again. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you this first and foremost. You are so good at what you you do. You've been doing it for so many years. Why would you want this position? Why would you put yourself in a position to where this is not just a retooling project. This is a reclamation project. Why would you want to take that burden on at this stage of your life? Yeah, it's a great question, Gunner, and it's not something that I did not think a lot about. I've been very fortunate in my broadcasting career. I have a wonderful job. I do not win and lose uh, in this business unless I say the wrong thing. Um, So far, I've been very good in that regard, thankfully. Um, But I do miss the wins and losses. I do miss the agony of defeat and thinking about it all night, trying to find a way to, to win the next day. And I really think that's what was part of the driving force behind it. It is the only team and the only organization that I ever would have considered this type of opportunity. 
the Flyers have meant that much to me. They've been such an integral part in my not just playing career, but more importantly, my post-playing career. Uh, without them and without Mr. Snyder, uh, I wouldn't be doing all the things that I've been able to do in my retirement. So I do owe mm -hmm. a, a depth of gratitude to the organization, but also to the fans who have given me a great chance to, to be a big part of the community in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jonesy, you, you played the game at the highest level and, you know, as in your broadcasting role, you've covered the game for a very long time, not just the Flyers, but nationally, which gives you access to every single team, every single coach, every single player in the NHL. And you've been doing it for a very long time. And as Derek mentioned, at a really high level, was there ever a thought about going this route? Uh, maybe after you first decided to, to hang them up or at some juncture in, into your broadcasting career, when did this thought permeate in your mind that maybe you want to go this direction well there was thoughts of going into coaching when I first retired but the tv just happened suddenly um, and so did the radio and things just kind of fell into place quickly and I didn't have a chance to really stop and consider the other option because I didn't have to move and my daughter was at an age where she was in school um, and just growing up with all her friends and that kind of outweighed the the option of trying to move and establish this type of career. So the part about becoming the president of the Flyers did not, you know, really arrive until I was asked and just if I had interest. And that's when I started thinking about it. You know, the, the, um, the city is such a great place and it can be a difficult place. It's a unique landscape and I know it well. And I recognize the importance of teams communicating that message to their fans. Some have done it extremely well, and some have not done it that well. And normally, the teams that haven't, haven't necessarily gone on to do great things. But I look at the Eagles and what they're doing, and I, I want us someday to do things the way they have. I want, you know, to produce a lot of our own talent and then have the ability to go out and sign free agents when necessary because of the managing of the, of the salary cap, how he's done a great job with that. The hiring of Nick Sirianni was outstanding. He's done a great job of relaying that message. And that's the kind of thing in the back of my mind that thinks uh, makes me think that we can get this done on our side, that being the hockey side of things. So, so Jonesy, when this was announced last week, I was out in California and immediately I saw all the comments on social media, especially Twitter. You know, Jonesy, please help fix this team. Jonesy, you got to turn this thing around. You know, this is not going to be a quick fix. For, so, so from your initial observation, what needs to be done differently? And I'm sure you've had discussions with Danny Briere. What, what things need to be done differently to, to hopefully get this organization back to the prideful organization it was when I first got to know you back in the late 90s and early 2000s? Yeah, one thing we need to do, Gunnar, is we need to develop our own talent. I mean, drafting is one thing, but having players that kind of arrive and don't progress is something that we have to make sure that doesn't continue to happen. And there's been a lot of young players yeah. that have showed glimpses but haven't taken it to where they have been projected to get to. And in a salary-capped era, you have to build from within. I mean, there's options out there as you get yourself in a position where you're going to compete for the Stanley Cup, where you add those pieces. Uh, we're not there now, 
and it's going to take a patient approach, but one where communicating to our fans what we're doing, I think will be a lot easier for them to buy into. Uh, the work is going to be extremely hard. It's going to take a lot. Um, I can guarantee you no one is going to outwork us in that regard. We're going to find a way to make this happen and at the same time keep our fans informed of what we're doing. But that's, uh, I think that's a, probably our number one area that we need to improve on and we need to hit. We need to hit on some of these draft choices, not just the first round picks, but some of our latter picks as well. And then you know, bring it all together and then make, you know, a stab for some prominent free agent players when we're in a position cap wise to do that, uh, because we have a great city to recruit players with. People love to play here. The fans, when your team is good, make you feel really good. And we want, uh, we're getting that message out there. Jonesy, on that note, how how is it going to work? Danny Briere is now the GM. The interim tag is lifted. We know your role as the president of hockey operations. In terms of draft, in terms of free agents and and, and decision making with personnel, how how, do, how will it work with, with the conglomerate with you guys? Yeah, Danny's going to have a major say in that. Um, it's going to be his people working for him, and okay. he's been inside. He has been watching and observing in you know, multiple different ways as he's kind of moved up the ladder as far as experience goes within the organization. So he has an idea where the fixing needs to take place. He, need, he also has an idea where our strengths are. And uh, he's got a great feel for exactly what he needs to do. I'll, I'll be a contributor in that regard, probably more so down the road. Um, right now I'm you know jumping in with both feet and becoming familiar with our personnel, uh, with exactly how, you know, Danny and Torts are going to do things. We're unique in the situation where John Tortorella will have a lot to say, and uh, we're going to be listening. This is an experienced National Hockey League coach that cares. Uh, he cares about getting this team back to being uh, spoken about in a positive way and back on the landscape in Philadelphia uh, sports. I appreciate that about him, and he is going to have a major role in getting this team back to being a perennial Stanley Cup contender. So, so Jonesy, as Rob just mentioned uh, very thoroughly, you, you have played this game at the highest level. You have had the luxury of having a unique perspective for so many years in terms of calling the game behind the mic talking to coaches before and after games, talking to players, you've watched the, the game evolve. Just like every other major major sport, the, the, the mindset of these players of today have evolved compared to when you played the game. What is your expertise in terms of trying to help rebuild this team? Is it evaluating talent? Is it just, is it, what, what, what is your expertise? One of the things is bringing people together. I mean, okay. I, I, that's a big part of being a team. And I had various roles on numerous teams. But one thing that I think I excelled at as a teammate was making others play better, uh, yep. complimenting what they do and allowing them to bring their game to higher levels. And at the same time, pushing myself to make sure that I'm continuously contributing to their success. It's not about okay. me. You know, it's never been about me. It's not about my team. It's about our team. And I think I've done a really good job in, you know, kind of managing that type of a role throughout my career, both in 
hockey and in television. Um, the television part, as you guys know as well, is a lot of teamwork. It's a lot of, you know, not necessarily taking the spotlight on everything that's taking place. Sometimes it's allowing others to excel. And I want to make sure that I continue to add those type of positive reinforcements to bringing this organization back to where it used to be. Having people who leave the arena feel positive about what they've contributed uh, to helping the team be successful, be recognized for doing that, and appreciate it for doing that. I think those things are going to help bring us together. Um, so some, those are some of the ways, I think, sometimes subtly and sometimes aggressively that can really help us get back on track. Mm -hmm. Jonesy, you're also a guy who go back to your radio days, which sounds crazy saying it in past tense now, but you know, being on the morning show with Angelo and Al and the crew uh, for, for as long as you did, you have a real good feel for Philadelphia. I mean, I know you've been here, you put roots down and you were here for 25 years. You've been here for a long time, even though you weren't born here. So you also have a good idea of, just where the fan base is, whether it's the frustration or whether it's just, just people almost checking out to an extent, but you also know what it's like with the other team. So I, how much does that part of it help you it, try to incorporate and bring everybody on the same page as well? Yeah, we, we hear it. We hear our fans. I can guarantee you that there's, there's nothing that, that we're hiding from. Uh, that is one of the great benefits of working not only in radio, but with Angelo Cataldi. I mean, Angelo is someone that I have the utmost respect for because of his work ethic and his relentless pursuit of the truth. Uh, he would never let you off the hook, and he has never let any team off the hook. And that's something that needs to continue as a tradition in, you know, in Philadelphia because it's a little bit different than other places. He has a mm -hmm. lot to do with it. Um, the other shows and other content whether through television or on the radio, continue to drive that home. Mm -hmm. And I think just being upfront, being available goes a long way in helping, you know, us put ourselves in a better position and, and looked at in a different way in the community. Flyers have not been talked a lot about, you know, I was on radio and we rarely talked about them. We need to change that the best that we can and recognizing that we're not the NFL, we're not the Philadelphia Eagles, but being in their shadow is not a bad thing. And for the last little while, we haven't even been in their shadow. So right. the, the availability is going to be something and making sure that we show our that we can Hey, let me just follow up real quick on that, Jonesy, if I could. Uh, had Angelo not retired, would this have been a consideration for you or would you have stayed status quo? That's a great uh, question. I probably would have stayed loyal to Angelo because he was, wow. he, he was the first guy that, you know, gave me a contracted job after yeah. I was done playing hockey. I mean, I, I couldn't thank him enough for the things that he did. Uh, loyalty matters to me. It's a big reason why I'm finishing the job on TNT and going through to the Stanley Cup final this year. Um, I'm a big believer in finishing what you started. And it's, uh, it's a terrific question that thankfully I don't have to think about. Right. Um, it's obviously what the reality is, is I, I have taken the job and I'm thrilled to, but if Angelo was still around, I probably would have been continuing. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Josie, I, I don't know how well you know him, but how do you think your personality will mesh with Tortorella? From what I know of him and what we've heard about him, he's an either-or guy. Either you like him or you don't. 
how do you think your personality and, and Briere's will mesh with him? Well, I don't like him. I love him. I can tell you that. And I've, I've, I've known him for a long time. We, we worked together in television back in 2014 at TSN in Canada. And I got to know the man away from, you know, the rink and the microphone. He is a. Uh-oh. We lost Jonesy for a second. Keith, if you Uh-oh. can hear us, we'll try and get you back hooked up. I'll have Tone and you can. Oh, he's back. He's back. Okay. we Jonesy, we. Oh, no. That we just there he is. is he we back? got you. There he is. We lost you Thanks. for a second. Yeah, you Sorry said if you don't like that. him, you love him. Is where you were. There, yeah, there you go. And okay, he is just uh, he is exactly what this team needs at this time. And uh, what I appreciate the most about him is what he is like as a human being. Um, he gives back. He has the full intentions of making this team better for this city, and uh, that's something that I've always appreciated. He is perfectly suited for Philadelphia has a great level of hockey IQ. He's a very intelligent man, uh, but he's also a great motivator. And when we add some of the pieces that he's looking for, and he continues to cultivate the pieces that are already here, I think the end result is going to be something that the fans are are truly going to appreciate. I I appreciate a lot for uh, what he's done throughout his career and what he's going to do for us in the future. Rob, Rob, let me follow up real quick. And, you know, with that said, Jonesy, how much input does Tortorella get to have in terms of changing the complexion and the roster on this team as well? I mean, you have a perspective. Danny has a perspective. You know, Tortorella has a lot of respect around the league for what he's done behind the bench. How much input will he have? Yeah, that's that's going to be a balancing act, but there's no question yeah. he will have it. And we're going to work together. I, I am uh, ears wide open when he's talking. This is a, a person that I respect as far as his opinion goes. And that's kind of a new and refreshing uh, look at things. This is not something that commonly happens. So I know t- people, uh, especially in you know where our team is at this time, are looking for fresh perspectives. And we're going to give them one. We're going to use a unique triumphant that's going to work together. And we're going to have arguments and we're going to have agreements. And at the end of the day, we're going to make the best choice for our, our organization uh, with all three of us being invo- involved until we hammer out the right answer. So um, I look forward to those discussions. Uh, there are going to be a, you know, plenty of them as we move along. We're, we are open people. We, we like to discuss things. We like to work things through. And ultimately, in doing that, I think we're going to come up with some pretty good results. Jonesy, mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, earlier the Eagles and Howie Roseman and the job that they've done. Uh, maybe you've already done it, but will you will you seek out you know uh, opinions from guys in other sports? In other words, Howie or Dave Dombrowski or, or, or other guys you respect, you know, around any league. Yeah. Is that something that, you'll do? Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I look mm-hmm. forward to having those conversations, and that's one of the you know the great things about taking this job. I'm I'm in a position where I can do that, uh, where. You know, they can give me some great advice. I have some questions for them, no doubt about it. And uh, that's something that I look forward to, you know, having some access to and then taking that information and doing, you know, the most I can with that to, to make us a better franchise um, as the Flyers. It's great access. It's great to have that type of availability from those guys. And I think it's something that we have to take full advantage of. Hey, how are you able to balance this? You got to focus on games, man, all the way through the finals, and you got to put on a, a managerial hat now. 
How in the world are you doing this? And are talk you, to knuckleheads you, like us too. And, and talk to, you know what? You know what's funny? Before he answers, so while we're texting back and forth, I said, "Jonesy, how many media outlets have you talked to before us?" He goes, "Wow, about 20. I'm thinking, man, we were off last week. He's hit everybody in the country and then some. But you know, but just to get back, how are you balancing all this, man? Yeah, I, I think I'm lucky because I've done it for so long from jumping from radio, uh, getting back late at night from Connecticut back in the NBC days and then yeah. jumping on a flight to catch up with the Flyers. I'm, I'm pretty good about keeping things in compartments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really enabled me to do all the different things that I've done throughout the years. So this doesn't feel different in that regard. Um I know I'm going to be very busy in between games. I know I'm going to be very busy when the games end. And that's when the real work is going to start. But uh, it is it is a balancing act, no question about that. But my most important job now is the Flyers. Uh, but I want to make sure that I do a good job for the National Hockey League and ending strong here for the uh, the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs and, of course, the final, which is so important for those players that and coaches and organizations that have – uh, put themselves in a position where they can lift the Stanley Cup, which is, you know, where we want to get to yeah. down the road. Jonesy, mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, Danny is, uh, he, while he's been with the organization for a little bit, this is his first time as a GM without the interim tag on it. For you, first time as, as a president. Will you look to bring in, I don't know if you want to call it a right-hand man or somebody else who's who's been around, or maybe you feel confident with people in the organization already, but will you look to bring in somebody who's been around a long time, who's been through the wars here in those positions, maybe potentially before? Yeah, we have the resources to do whatever we feel necessary to do. That's one of the mm-hmm. benefits, you know, being part of the Philadelphia organization and, and an owner that's, you know, willing to spend whatever it takes to get this right. So that is an option. There's no doubt about that, Rob. That's something mm-hmm. that we're going to look at. We're going to go through and see what we feel like we need, but that's a very important hire. Um, you know, we're, we're going to make sure that whoever we do bring in to help is mm-hmm. going to be someone that we highly respect and feel like is going to make us a better team. So those are things that we're going to be discussing in the near future and continue to, to discuss today. Um, there is going to be some adjustments to who we have, around and i'm looking forward to you know that search and discovery mission that uh i think that's somewhere where my connections will help a lot because of my very uh friendships throughout the national hockey league and the business so there's there's a lot of options out there and we're going to use everything we can to get this thing right Mm -hmm. hey keith has, has ownership given you guys carte blanche to do what you have to do to turn this thing around or do they do they give you certain restrictions or do they say hey you know what you know, we got to change the culture. We got to change the complexion. You guys, whatever you think we need to do, just go out and do it. We know it's going to be a slow, arduous process. You guys just go ahead and do what you got to do. Yeah, we have full support to get this job done, Gunnar. And it's a it's a very fortunate position to be in. Uh, and, and we're going to make sure that we do our part to not let them down. We, we want to... We want this city talking about the Philadelphia Flyers and the positive things that they're doing, not just on the ice, but in the community. And we're going to do our, our very best to make sure that we get this team to that point in recognizing that it's going to take some time. But in a salary cap world, you, there is things that inhibit you from doing things uh, quickly, but there's nothing that inhibits us from adding the right people in the right places when necessary. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and we're going to make sure that we turn over every stone to make sure we don't miss anything. Wow. Jonesy, how big a challenge is it to, to build this thing the right way uh, without jumping the gun a little bit. What I mean by that is you may not have, look, I'm, I'm a big believer in Carter Hart, but there, there isn't a ton of star power, frankly. Um, and maybe the, the salary cap answers this question with, with restrictions that you have, but is it tough to, is it going to be tough to stay disciplined to building it the right way rather than jumping the shark a little bit to try to get some name power? Yeah, no, we're not going to jump the shark. I can guarantee you that we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to do this thing properly with the way that we envision this thing to play out. Um, I'm here covering the last four, you know, teams left in the national hockey league. And none of those four teams have a player making over 10 million. Um, so this, this, this is about balance and this is about, you know, building certain areas of your team that can really help you achieve success. All four of the remaining teams have something that we're looking for. Um, we know what it is. And we're going to we're going to dig to make sure that we, you know, find it as quickly as we can. And when we get it, we want to keep it. And that's that's something that um, we're talking a lot about right now internally. Hey, hey Jonesy, anytime you watch any game, um, when you hear the announcers and the analysts talk, man, they spit out all this information. Boom, 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 boom. You said, man, these dudes are smart. They're on top of it. But the guys behind the scene don't get enough recognition. And the reason I'm saying that, you know where I'm going with this. I understand riding shotgun with you is my guy. I've known, my goodness, since I got to Pittsburgh, oh, my goodness, back in the early 80s, Ben Boomer. Ben Ben was with the Pirates when, when he and I became friends, and he's been texting me while you're on the air talking to me. Um, and he he's, he's your, your statistician researcher for the series? Yes, he is, and he has been, you know, since uh... – dating back to the days at NBC. Ben is an incredible guy in that regard. No he, he fits seamlessly, and he's just one of those guys that uh, you, love, you love to have, have around. Yeah. Uh, and he provides, he provides a lot to the broadcast. He is easy company. That's what I say. And going to go grab lunch with him after we get off the air here. He's a big part of our team here, as are so many of the other folks, as you guys know, in your years in television and multiple media jobs as well. There's a lot that goes into what we do to making us look good and feel like we're smart and try to impress people. So yeah, he's one of those guys and there's, there's a lot of them, but he's, he does a, a fantastic job. He, he keeps texting me saying, hurry up, get, get Jonesy off the air. We got to get lunch. I'm, and I'm, like, I'm hungry. And I'm, right, like, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> easy, no. You wait your turn. No. One more question, Jonesy. If you could describe Al Morgani in one sentence, please do. Our buddy, our, our mutual friend. I, I know you and guys are as tight as it gets, but if you could describe Al and his, his quirkiness in one sentence, what would it be? I, I can do it in one word. Strange. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't think anybody would argue that one. That, that's for I sure. Could, I could do it in two words. Very strange. <laughs> uh, yes. He's one of my uh, – oh, I, I absolutely love Al. He's such a super guy. And uh, we've had many dinners along the way. I kept him out of the loop on this one. Uh, he's too connected to everybody in the game. So he found out when everybody else found out and he still pretended he knew before, but he didn't know anything. I got to ask you this real quick on that note. I know you, you obviously shared this with your, your family, your wife, your daughter, et cetera. But did I hear you right? 
you actually let Angelo in on this, who 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 was notorious for not being able to keep a secret. You actually shared this with Angelo. Yeah, it was within the last twelve hours before it was coming out, and uh, he is the one person, as I mentioned to you guys earlier, that I owe so much to, and right. en- enabling me to come on and be part of his show. 21 years with that man, and we never had an argument. And you guys know Angelo well. So that's not yeah. an easy I can You're the manage, only one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I can manage that, I think I'm going to be okay in doing the, you know, helping the Flyers get back on track because yeah. he's, he's a difficult guy, but his care factor is off the charts. Wow. Jonesy, listen, man, we're, we're excited. And, and I'm happy to have, honestly, hockey be relevant again in this city. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. For those of us who grew up here, it, it means a lot. And uh, we couldn't be rooting more for you as a person uh, to succeed uh, than we are. So we wish you all the best, Jonesy. Thanks. You, 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 you know how I feel about you. Um, I am so elated and so happy for you. I miss our conversations in the newsroom and down in the tunnels, man. Some of the crazy conversations we have, but you know, considering the dire straits this organization is in, I don't think they could have picked a better person to try to help turn this franchise around than you, you know, it, I don't have to tell you this, you know, it's going to be a long arduous journey you're in a very critical passionate fan base you would not have taken on this this job description without thoroughly thinking this through and i think you have the hard exterior to deal with what's to come and hopefully everything that you and danny briere and tortorella are trying to do turns around a lot quicker than later well said thank you so much guys yeah we're gonna need a a little bit of luck along the way too but we're gonna put the work in i can guarantee you that thank you so much guys Hey, Thanks, Jonesy, Jonesy. One, one final thought, Jonesy. Can you get me a Rob Free tickets to hockey game? <laughs> Jeez. You, you are shameless. Are you call me anytime. Jonesy, I can't and, take this guy anywhere, man. This is unbelievable, this guy. Hey, you got to tap into your friends, man. That's what oh, professionals yeah. do. Right. You see all these guys. Oh. Hey, Jonesy, you see all these guys, all these entertainers and, and musicians and athletes sitting courtside at all these big games. You think they're paying for the tickets and they got millions. Okay. You think it's somebody they know. Why you not are, get in? You, you are a weasel. What? That is a weasel Come move. On, Jonesy, oh. help a brother out. I'm I'm poor. I've been, I've, I've been there, buddy. Don't worry. I've been asking See? myself. He knows. See, he knows. All right, you know what, Jonesy? Forget Rob. Just to get me in. Don't, I don't care right. about Rob. Jonesy, go get lunch. Get away from this guy. <laughs> tell Ben. I, tell Ben. I said hello. Would you? All right. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Take care. All right. Great, Sorry. Keith. All right, Keith Jones. Great Bye-bye. guy. Great guy. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, and when we look, we uh, we always keep it real with you, and. You know, we want to be objective about things, and I will be objective when the season starts and, and when I start seeing the moves that they're making. There's no question about that. But if there's a if there's a better guy out there, I'm talking about anywhere, you won't find it than Keith Jones. He is he's that kind of guy. Trust me, he is. I, I think the, the greatest attribute about Keith is this. He's in a market, he knows what's to come. He knows how critical these fans can be. And he knows that they're day and night. They're, they're with you one minute. If you don't produce, they're against you the next minute. I think nothing that he does would be taken personal. Whatever shots are thrown his way along the way, um, uh, the, rough, the rough journey that's going to start, it will not affect him because I think he's as passionate. No, I know he's as passionate about turning this around and is reinstilling the pride in the Flyers organization as the fan base is. He will take nothing personal. You know, he's not thin skinned, you know, um, and he, so he, he, you couldn't have picked a better person. You really Agreed. couldn't have. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. Well said. All right. Interesting stuff there. Good. And, and look, the city's better when the flyers matter. I, I and and when that. I get my tickets, I don't want to hear you whining because I didn't ask you. So I'm just telling you right now. You know, you call you. me a weasel. I can't take them anywhere. And the next thing you know, you're going to see me on one of the cameras when the, on, a, on a Phillies broadcast. Right at the glass, too. Yeah, right, right at the glass. You're going to see, you're going to see me on a, on a Flyers broadcast. d how did you get there? You didn't even think about your buddy? And I'm going to say, oh, you mean the weasel buddy that you call me? <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are you again? I can't hear you. Who are Rondo? you? Rondo. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Uh, we'll set our sights to the NFL, including uh, contract talks with Joe Burrow. Uh, with the Cowboys, who have a lot of players coming up, with the Packers offensive coordinator chiming in. We'll get into the NFC East schedules and rank our top five NFC teams. So don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Excuse me. Uh, I want to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. Now they're experts at trimming all types of trees and they serve Southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey and Northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. We got the good time of year right now, right? Things kind of calm down a little bit, uh, you know, sort of the end of spring. Good time to get your trees evaluated before the summer hits with some of the winds and the heavy rains and the stuff that we get during that time of year. You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for a sampling of their work or more information. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. 
Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. number three we are sports take jacob sports youtube network that's gunner i'm rob we're hanging out with you uh until three eastern let's talk a little nfl Derek. i, I thought this was interesting joe burrow um as we know is up for a contract extension now he had a a, a the the fifth year option because he was a first rounder that was what distinguished jalen hurts from some of those other guys that were taken in the first round uh, in that same draft class uh, but but he's going to get paid. I think we'd all uh, agree that he's probably going to get the, the richest contract in NFL history uh, once they finally come to an agreement there. But I did think it was interesting. He, w- he was speaking the other day at one of their their, their OTAs. And um, one of the things that he had to say was, look, I have to take my teammates into account when I'm doing this. And now he knows he's got T Higgins coming up. Uh, not yet, but soon he's going to have Jamar Chase. Uh, down the road among other guys. And, you know, you don't usually hear guys preemptively saying stuff like that, like Burrow did. Not to say he's still not going to get crazy money, but that was kind of refreshing to hear him say, I got to think of my guys too. Well, if he gets the contract that makes him the richest player in the NFL, then that means he's not thinking about his other players because that's that means he's getting – everything that he wants to get. Uh, and, and you know what? Considering the way the money is flowing in the NFL, especially for quarterbacks now, more power to him. The only way that, co- that that statement holds water is if he takes less money, which frees up more money to try to approach some of these other guys if he's concerned about keeping his crew together. Right. You can't take everything, especially because we know the quarterback salary puts somewhat of a stranglehold on the way the cap flows and how you do business with everybody else, unless you can do it like a Howie Roseman and still be in great cap shape after giving Jalen Hurts that kind of money. But unless the Bengals do that, then you know somebody's going to call Burroughs on his statement if that's not the case. If it's announced he's the richest quarterback in NFL history, which he he should be, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be Josh Allen next. It could be Justin Herbert next. Who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, um, he, he's going to have to he's going to have to re rethink that statement and probably defend that statement to a certain degree. I applaud the fact that, you know, we haven't heard any quarterback come out and basically say, when I do my deal, I want to make sure there's still room um, for other players to get signed. You know, they just all stand at the podium. I, you know, I want to thank the organization for right. what they've done for me, so on and so forth. Um, 
but he he's going to have to take a little bit of a cut somewhere. And even when he takes a cut, he's still going to be an extremely wealthy man when it's all said and done. No question. Yeah, no question. Yeah. I mean, look, he, to me, you, you look at a guy like that and what he's been able to do in such a short period of time with getting getting to a Super Bowl, right. putting the right. numbers up, overcoming a, a right. pretty serious ACL injury, yes. not really skipping a beat. It's, it's pretty amazing um, when you think about it. But I, I give Cincinnati credit, too. They've done a really good job surrounding him, you know, giving him Jamar Chase, giving him T. Higgins, giving him really make putting an emphasis on the offensive line to, to try mm-hmm. to protect him better, you know, and I think their defense is underrated, frankly. Um, I agree. Yeah. Cincinnati's going to be a team to contend with for a long, long time. All right. Speaking of that, Dallas has a lot of upcoming free agents there. Yes. And Steven Jones is very confident. Man, that, that could be any problem on our end. We'll get everybody taken care of. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. That's a lot easier to stomach if you're a Cowboys fan, if you've had a better measure of success than what they've had all, uh, over the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. You know, Cowboy fans down there, let's, let's face it, football is king in Texas. And Cowboy fans down there, his stomachs are churning because this team is falling flat on his face too many times when they've had, they've had a roster that could do some serious damage in the postseason and they haven't done much of anything. You know, okay, Stephen, you put it out there now. Let's see you do it. You know, you're not Howie Roseman. You're not. You're not. You're not Veach from Kansas City. You know, um, you you got a lot of ground, a lot of ground to cover to keep this thing rolling. You know, you you paid your quarterback. Um, you, you you went younger with your defensive personnel in recent drafts. Now it's got to come together, and as it comes together, you got to find a way to keep the players that you want to keep. Now we know that big TV money is coming up sooner or later. The cap's going to go up sooner, but you still. You can't – I don't care who you are. You can't keep everybody. Right. It's just not the nature of the beast. You can't. Well, you here know. are some of the names, too. Um, you know, Dax coming up again, CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons. Wait, when does Dak come up? Well, his deal – I think he's got an opt-out in that. Uh, Woo! Yeah. And, That's- you know, how are you fitting all these guys under the cap? You know, they uh, Diggs uh, – Diggs, I think, may be first up. He's uh, set to become an unrestricted free agent after this season. Um, Parsons has, the, what, two more seasons? Yeah, and they put the okay. $17.9 million fifth-year tender for 24 on Lamb. Um, Press got signed through 24. That's crazy. He's only got two more years left. That's, it feels like he just signed that thing. Wow. You know, and then, you know, obviously Parsons – He's got a little ways to go, but still, I mean, that they're all massively, they're all going to be hugely expensive. All of those guys. Well, uh, Stephen Jones, better hope that cap goes up more than 10, 12 million a year for the next two years to do what he's, he's capable of doing. But I, I think if, if he, if they really want to do what he says he thinks they can do, then you're going to have to give a lot to keep a little. And when I'm talking about keeping a little, identifying your star players or long-term players, the more you give them, the less you're going to be able to give somebody else, which means you're going to have to get cheaper positions and a lot younger, which messes up the balance of what you're trying to do in terms of building a, building a consistent winner. Now, it still shocks me that Kansas City was able to do this. They let Tyreek Hill go. They brought in a, a bunch of cast-off receivers from elsewhere. They went much younger in the secondary, and it worked out well for them. That's not always the case across the National Football League. When you have that kind of imbalance, it doesn't always work. Um, and because of the Cowboys' history since the 90s, I don't know if it's going to work for them, to be honest. Um, when you look at their drafts and the way they've assembled teams, it's it's been so 
inconsistent for that organization. All of a sudden, they're going to wake up and it's going to balance out. You know, they say even a blind squirrel finds an acorn. Well, that squirrel down there hasn't found that acorn yet. And I don't see I don't foresee that happening in the near future. Yeah, gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, you know, beyond that, I thought this was this was um I don't know, you can read into it a lot of different ways. Was it a veiled shot? Was it just him trying to pump up Jordan Love, whatever? But um you, you know, when it comes to the Packers, we go into the season with let's face it, a lot of question marks, right? And and just wondering what this exact is exactly gonna look like without Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love takes this thing over. Um, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur who's calling those plays there, you know, also the head coach said, look, we're going to be able to open this thing up even more, you know, and Adam, Adam Stenovich, mm-hmm. who's the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator said, you know, uh, just because we're not having Aaron Rodgers, it might mean that other pieces that we've added as well, we're going to look at this thing a little bit differently and open it mm-hmm. up even more. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, I think here's what I think. I think Aaron Rodgers had too much say so in the playbook. And I think the playbook was streamlined to, cater to him more i think he incorporated more of his own plays than he did follow the playbook of matt lafleur because he's not that young mobile quarterback that we're seeing across the national football league right now i think when it comes to a jordan love he's a younger quarterback he better fits the mold of the quarterbacks that we're watching across the league now i think it will open up the creativity and versatility of that offense because if you look at a lot of the successful teams across the nfl the eagles San Francisco, Buffalo, Kansas City. What do we see a lot of? Constant moving parts. You know, plays of trickery and deception. Mm -hmm. You didn't see that a lot with Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers was a traditional drop-back QB, you know, look down the field, throw the ball type. I don't think you're going to see that with with Jordan Love. He's a fresh young quarterback. The way he played the game in college is more is similar to what the, those teams I've just talked about. You see a lot of teams now in the NFL that are adapting more of a college style of offense right. in terms of gadget plays, plays of trickery. Nobody does it better than the 49ers in the National Football League. And I think that's what you're going to see. When you when you when Stankovich talks about opening up the playbook, this is now going to be Matt LaFleur and Stankovich's playbook. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers first. LaFleur second offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, or Stankovic's third or fourth. This is now going to be LaFleur putting his niche on this, on this playbook. And I think as you look at the type of players now, the young receivers, they got more speed receivers now than they've had before. It was always Devontae Adams, who's not the fastest guy out there, but the best route runner in the game, and a bunch of decent guys. Now you got a bunch of kids who are fast out there running. I think they're going to do a lot more plays of deceptions, a lot more jet sweeps. Things like that with this offense. Yeah. Oh, it'll be interesting to see what they – because I think – me too. I, a lot of people have written them off. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, we'll have to see. That's for sure. All right. Let's let's uh, let's dig into the schedules because we talked about the Eagles schedule yesterday. It's actually ranked number one as the toughest. Um, but we sort of mentioned in passing, you know, with the rest of the NFC East. Now, keep in mind, right, they're, they're right. essentially playing similar teams to – for the most part, but right. they, they the games can kind of fall in different ways. So let's sure. let's let's look through this thing, Derek. I think Dallas was ranked either third or fourth in terms of schedule toughness. Um, but here's what they have, and you tell me uh, how hard you think this is. Uh, first week, it's the Sunday night game. They go to the Giants, so they're yes. on the road, and that'll be a tough game. That'll yes, it will. Really, really tough yes, it game. will. Then they're home to take on Aaron Rodgers the next week. 
not easy either. Nope. Uh, go out to Arizona. I think they will handle Arizona, but it's never easy going out West. We, we know that if you're at, well, they're not even an East coast team, whatever, whatever they're mm-hmm. Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, New England next at home. I like Dallas there. They go to San Francisco on Sunday night, week five, tough game, really tough. And at that point, San Fran may have a, a handle on what their quarterback situation is going to look like too. Mm-hmm. Then they go to the chargers on Monday night. After that, that is week six. Chargers are one of those teams that they could be good. They may be the same old chargers. Who knows? Right. By week, week seven, which is not bad, not super early or terribly late. It's okay. If I, if I was a team where, where Dallas has its bye week is right where I would want my bye week. Yeah. You know, you've got six games under your belt. You get a little time to heal up for a stretch run to come. You know, I like I like having my bye week right around the middle. I don't like seeing this week 13, week 14 bye week stuff right. because you could endure a lot of significant injuries up to that point and didn't have a short time to get these guys ready, mm-hmm. you know, for the for the stretch run. So Dallas has a perfect bye week being at week number seven. No question. All right. Then uh out of the bye, they're home against the Rams. I, I think Dallas rolls in that one. Um then they go to the Eagles week nine. That's a 425 start. That's November 5th. So that's the first time the Eagles and the Cowboys will meet there. Then they're home for the Giants. So that'll be they'll be done with the Giants after that point. They go to Carolina, uh, home against Washington, home against Seattle. Now, yeah. now the the um Washington game is Thanksgiving. They're the 430 game, they're the middle right, right. Go to Seattle that next week. That's Thursday. So they actually don't really – their tough turnaround is going from that ca- at Carolina to the Thanksgiving game before, yep. before the next Thursday game. Right. Then they get 11 days off to face the Eagles. That Keep that in mind, too. The, that, that game against the Eagles at Dallas, Dallas will have 11 days off going into that game. Whew. Yeah. But let's look at this little stretch here, though, for that. Yes. Seattle home, Philadelphia home. Then they're at Buffalo. Yep. Then they're at Miami. Then Detroit home. Yes. Then at Washington. That's a strong finish there. That 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 stretch will define their season. No question about it. You mean out of those games, you have one, two, three, three at home and three on the road. Those those six games will define Dallas' season. No 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 doubt about that. Yes. I think that is probably the toughest stretch of games. Two four. That six-game stretch is probably as tough, as, if not the toughest, of anybody in the National Football League. That's brutal. Unfortunately for the NFC East, this year they drew the AFC East and the NFC West, which I think overall to me are extremely tough to deal with to begin with, mm-hmm. especially with the resurgence of Seattle. Um, and then you sprinkle in the Eagles have to play a first-place schedule because, you know, and then, you know, Washington, Washington's last play schedule is I a know. tough schedule. So it's a hit cheese. This is brutal. Yeah. So that's where we're going next. Yeah. That, that closeout to me reminds me of that Eagle stretch out of the bye, like that with the Dallas has there. Right. Um, okay. So let, let's go, let's go Washington next and we'll finish with the giants. So Washington uh, starts off with Arizona at home. That's, that's favorable. That's a favorable draw there. Yep. They go to Denver. Now, I think Denver is going to be much improved. We'll see. I agree. You know, we'll find out. Uh, then they're home for Buffalo. Then they're at the Eagles. So that's three out of four 
tough ones out of the yeah. gate for yeah. the commanders. Then uh, they're home for Chicago at Atlanta. Atlanta's another team that, that you know, watch out for. Could be interesting if Desmond Ritter mm-hmm. plays well. Mm-hmm. Then they're at the Giants. Then they then it's the Eagles home at New England, at Seattle, Giants. See this here. All right, let me give you this stretch then. At New York, Eagles home, at New England, at Seattle, New York home again. At Dallas, Miami home. They don't get their bye week there till week fourteen. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Whoa, that, that that that's that's a nasty schedule right there. My goodness, you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight potential playoff teams that you have to face, and you're you're trying to rebuild with a suspect quarterback. Um, man, I, that's why I said I think Washington is going to finish last in that division again. They don't have a true quarterback yet. Who knows? Maybe Jacoby Brissett could be the next Geno Smith. Who knows? I doubt it. But, you know, Sam Howell, I don't think he's that guy. Yeah, so that's that's just leading into the bye. Then out of the bye, they go to uh, the Rams. Yep. At the Jets, that's Christmas Eve. Uh, San Fran home, and then Dallas home. So they're really their last three at the Jets, San Fran home, Dallas home. Man, yeah, I agree with you. I think Washington's going to have a tough time. This is that's a challenging schedule for them. I, I, you know what? I will say this jokingly. This is the one year I wish we were covering Washington instead of the Eagles. And here's why I look at Dallas' schedule. Dallas yeah. only has two 1 p.m. games on their schedule. Right. We were talking about yesterday the Eagles have what, three? Three. And then one could be flexed at the end yeah, of the year when they're playing flexed. Arizona. That could be flexed out. Washington has 11 1 p.m. games, and that's not counting the last game of the season. Mm. They have 11 mm. 1 p.m. games. Yeah, man. You know how much we love those 1 p.m. games, we man? We do love the 1 p.m.s. I mean, oh, that's, my goodness. When you don't make the playoffs, you're getting a lot of ones if you're on the East Coast. That's Ooh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, all right, let's run through the Giants here. All right. Home against Dallas, we as we mentioned before, that's the Sunday night game for the start of the season. Then they're at Arizona, at San Francisco, Seattle home, at Miami, at Buffalo. Okay, so that's, you know, you're going at San Fran, mm-hmm. home Seattle, at Miami, at Buffalo, and then Washington home. Mm-hmm. Then the Jets home. Their, their schedule starts off pretty strong. Jeez. Uh, they go to the Raiders. They go to Dallas. They go to Washington. They go to, or, or I'm sorry, they're home against New England. And their bye week's week 13. Then it's uh, Green Bay home, New Orleans home, at the Eagles Christmas Day. Rams home Christmas, or that's New Year's Eve. And then uh, Eagles home Jeez. January 7th. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, that, that AFC East is a problem because everybody's pretty good. It is. It is. And then you've got the NFC West, 49ers, Seattle. That's a problem. Yeah. You know? So that's six games right there that, that could be potential problems for, for this uh for everybody in the NFC East. Is it possible that the, the winner of the NFC East will struggle to win 10 games? Mm. Now I said I expect the Eagles to win at least 11, but – Man, the whole NFC East has a murderous row, man. It, this is this is unbelievable. I, I can't remember 
um, the Eagles schedule being this stacked in a long time, you know, and then you look at the rest of the teams, you look at, we talked about the stress Dallas has the stress that the giants have is ridiculous. Yes, it is. With giants were talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, a 10 game stretch. And that includes Washington, which we think will be a bottom team, but it's a division game. As you know, in the NFC East, anything and everything is possible, yep. but they have a 10 day game stretch. My goodness, San Francisco, Seattle, Miami, Buffalo, Washington, Jets, Raiders, Dallas, Washington, New England. Mm-hmm. Now, people say, you know, okay, New England, I'm not worried about New England. New England's offense, I have a lot of question marks about. Bill Belichick's defense will be ready to play. Yeah, That could be a problem. Bill Belichick's defense last year was one of the better defenses in the National Football League. You know, his de- his defense. Yeah, we tend to different. forget that. You're right. We, we tend to forget. That New England, that Bill Belichick will put a decent defense on the on the field. Now, can Mac Jones and, and that suspect offense, you know, equal what the defense might give him? I don't think so. I don't know. Um, but New England's not going to be an easy team to beat. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be an easy team. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to work. You're going to work to beat this New England team. Plain and simple. Yeah. Well, well said. All right. Let's. Um... Let's jump into this, Derek. Uh, we, we are going to rank the NFC today. Tomorrow we'll do the AFC. All right. Rank the NFC. Man, this this was so tough, Rob. I know, wow. right? It really was. It, it, you know, well, I'll get into it when we when we do it. All right. So uh, you want first crack? Want me to go first? Uh, let's see. You 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 decide. Okay. I'll, I'll, well, I, I'm, I'll turn the floor to you. You go okay. first. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go one through five instead of five through one. Okay. All right. So obviously the first team in the NFC has to be the Eagles. Okay. My second team is the Niners. Uh, from what we've seen, I don't care who Shanahan has as quarterback, the Niners are going to be a thorn in a lot of people's side. Yep. They went through three quarterbacks last year and got to the second round of playoffs. The, well, yeah, to the NFC Championship, right? Yeah, yeah, to the yeah. NFC Championship game. So. Yep. Nine or second. I picked the Lions third. I like everything I see about the Lions right now. Uh, they added some pieces on defense. And no matter what we say about CJ GJ, I think he's going to be a tremendous asset on that Lions back end of the defense. Mm-hmm. They need it. They need a self and hate uh, a help at safety. I think he's a perfect complement uh, to what they want to do there in the back end of the defense. Number four, I picked Dallas. Now, number five, I changed at least six times since we've been on this show. And I finally arrived at Minnesota at number five. Oh, wow. I put Minnesota number five because Brian Flores is running that defense. And I think that defense is going to be sound. He's a very good defensive coach. The offense is going to be explosive. I mean, you know, they added that Jordan Addison to go along with TJ Hawkinson. Uh-huh. You know, now, now, now Dalvin Cook could be on the market. I mean, I saw a rumor out there the other day that if Minnesota lets go of Dalvin Cook, he could end up in Dallas, which I don't want to see happen. Mm-hmm. But Dalvin Cook is still there. Uh, Alexander is still there. Uh, Alexander Madison and, of course, Justin Jefferson. So I think Minnesota. What the, what was my struggle was before I picked, settled on Minnesota, did I want Seattle or did I want the Saints? It was tough. It was tough. Um, picking between Seattle and the Saints. Yeah. Um, Saints with Derek Carr now. They loaded with weapons and offense. Seattle. Geno's got weapons. Of course, they added in Jigba to go along with Lockett and DK, DK Metcalf. That was a tough decision to make. But as I jokingly say all the time, Rob, Kirk Cousins is one of the best regular season quarterbacks yes, in the National Football is. League. 
It's the playoffs where he chokes. Uh, so I, I arrived in Minnesota as my number five. All right. So um, as usual, we're, we're very much in sync with our rankings. You and I, it's remarkable how much we, we think alike when it right. comes to these rankings. But right. so I go Eagles one. Yep. I put the Niners to uh, I'm with you. Like it, it almost to me feels like it doesn't matter if it's Trey Lance. It doesn't matter if it's Purdy or right. Darnold. They're still going to be really good offensively and defensively, and yep. they'll be able to overcome it. The question is, will any of those three be good enough to get you to a Super Bowl? They're sort of exactly. like the Sixers in the sense that yes. what's it going to be once you get to the postseason for them deep into the postseason? Yeah, but they they're definitely number two. I have the Lions at three also. I'm a big (laughs) believer. I think that they're going to be so much better defensively with some of the additions like CJGJ and some of the other things that they did that not every week's going to be this like crazy 35-31 wild shootout, you know, insanity. I think it's going to – I think they're going to be good. I think that they believe in Dan Campbell. I think they're in a favorable division uh, for the most part. I like them. I like them at three. I do have the Cowboys at four. Um, Mm. Dallas is a team that I look at them and I, the only thing for me is will Dak Prescott be able to just put last year behind him with the way that it closed out with the amount of pick sixes and whatnot. If he is, they're going to be fine because they have a lot of talent. They do. But what's this going to look like with Mike McCarthy calling plays too? Callum Moore, not there anymore. Yep. Yep. Uh, lastly, I have Seattle at five. I really debated Seattle okay. and the Giants. They were my two that, that went, I went back and forth on. Because I think about the Giants and I think about second year under Dable, um, how much adding a few weapons here, including Darren Waller, if he can stay healthy. That's really what it comes down to for me. Like how much better they're going to be. I don't know yet about Daniel Jones taking the next leap from he's pretty good. So, like, this guy can can win you a championship or get you deep mm-hmm. into the playoffs. Same thing with Geno, frankly. I, I wonder how Geno bounces back after a great year last year, but I like what's surrounding him better. They have DK Metcalf. They have Jackson uh, Smith and Jigba. They have yep. uh, a good running attack. They have an offensive line that's improving. They, they restock defensively. So, I'm going to slightly into Seattle 5 over the Giants, but it's really close. I did think about the Saints. They were absolutely, you know, a thought for me. I thought about the Vikings. They, they, I'm probably not giving them enough respect. Um, but that's really it. You know, that yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm with you with most of the other stuff that you said. Yeah, the 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 last one was hard because all three teams, the pluses and minuses, kind of balanced each other out. You know, Minnesota Saints, uh, Seattle, and and I didn't even think about the Giants, and I should have because. I think Dayball and Wink Martindale are very good coaches. And another year under them, I think they're going to be very difficult to deal with in a lot of ways. And you start to see it. Dayball's another one of these guys. He likes to use these plays of deception. Look at all the the trickery plays that he used to help win games last season. I think you're going to see more of that in his second year. You're going to have second year of these players under Martindale on defense to do a lot of things that he wants to do. I'm not saying the Giants are going to be a world beater or they may not even be a playoff team, but I think they're going to be a difficult team to, to deal with in a lot of ways. And and so I think after the Eagles, I think the Eagles, no question, the clear-cut favorites to, to win the NFC. There's no question about that. But there's, there's pros and cons, except for the Niners, there's pros and cons about every other team that we mentioned in the NFC. And, and that includes the Lions even. Yeah. There, there, you just feel like, like there's a big variance 
with some of those teams, right? Yeah, and yeah. and they, now that the Giants are sort of on the map a little bit, if you will, yeah. and not sneaking up on anybody, yeah. you know, that, that's another consideration, like what that's going to look like um, for them. And, you know, the other thing for the, for the Lions is, is, is Goff going to play at the same high level that he played at last year? Exactly. Because he's exactly. been kind of up and down in his career, right? And he's, I believe this is the last year of that deal, too. Uh, yes. Yeah. So this is a big year for him to, to come through with, with some numbers and that team winning. Cause he can get massively paid, but and they got, drafted he's Hendon Hooker too. Yeah. But he's got, but he's got everything they need to succeed. If they're anything close to what they were like the latter part of the season, they're going to be that interesting team to watch that people are going to start talking about in the second half of the season, mm-hmm. making some noise and upset an apple card. So that's why I said yesterday, Detroit is that one team, that I'm going to keep a real close eye on in the NFC because I'm so intrigued about can they continue to build upon what they finished last year? Yeah, agreed, agreed. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. I love this stuff. So again, tomorrow we'll we'll hop on the uh, on the AFC and we'll give you our top five rankings for them as well. All right, let's uh, let's step aside, Derek. We come back. We'll dig a little bit more into that Celtics Heat. We'll dig a little bit more into the Lakers tonight. We'll take some chat section questions. We will do that as well. So don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Razor technology and hybrid work. The future of work isn't remote or in person. It's a hybrid model. In facing that new reality, businesses must reimagine their workplace to align with preferences and needs of modern employees. Razor technology helps businesses create a workplace that gives their teams flexibility in choosing how and where they put in their hours. Online platforms for communication and collaboration combined with secure and adaptable mobile devices are enabling hybrid meeting experiences that are nearly on par with in-person events so everyone can feel they're part of the conversation. Employees with strong social connections with their team report better well-being, higher productivity, and stronger retention rates. Razor technology helps growing organizations adapt to hybrid environments with industry-leading digital tools and insight guidance that promotes efficiency and workplace satisfaction. Learn more by calling 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at mesalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes 
and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And that, um, again, just another Shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. give you a little music there all right welcome back everybody thanks for hanging with us final segment of the program he's Derek gun i am rob ellis yes uh, hi hi all right um so we mentioned it last uh in early in the show the the heat beat the celtics game one in boston last night 123 116 Derek. this was a game that boston led 66 57 at the half and then the heat proceeded to outscore the celtics 46 25 in the third quarter that's really where this thing flipped uh, 21 point margin just in the third quarter itself. You know, they're, they're, they're spurred by Jimmy Butler. Of course, he's, he's kind of the leader in the clubhouse, but you're right. There were a lot of, a lot of role players, mm-hmm. the Struces of the world, mm-hmm. and those kind of guys hitting big shots in this game, Gabe Vincent making some plays that, that really keyed this thing as well. And credit to them, you know, Boston wasn't as physical. They didn't defend the way that they had in the first half. And Miami really came out of the, of the gate at halftime ready to play Miami's understudies to Jimmy Butler are the reason why Boston cannot double up on Butler. I mean, you got love hit two of three from three point Vincent three of five Struce three of five Lowry three of five that open up that opens up Butler's game tremendously. Jimmy Butler is that dude. And I'm like Philadelphia fans. Every time I've watched Jimmy Butler play in the playoffs this season, I'm saying how in the world did the Philadelphia 76ers let this dude go? Why did they let him go? Because Jimmy Butler is that playoff dude, man. And Miami is that playoff team. You don't like us. We're not flashy. We don't have a team full of big-name players. But I tell you what, if you beat us, you're going to have to put in work at the office to beat us. You know, I'm, I'm looking. But the, 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 the Heat shot almost 52% from beyond the arc. 52. They shot 54% from the floor for the game. Mm-hmm. And 50, that dude, you you can't win like that. You know, you can't win like that. And Boston has been so mediocre at home. It's, it's unbelievable. For as dominant as this team is, as deep as they are, as versatile as they are, they're a very mediocre team when it comes to playing at home. 
they put themselves in very stressful situations. And Jason Tatum said last night, I don't know what, what it is about us playing at home, but we got to figure this thing out. Yeah. You're right. Because if you don't, you're going home to Miami. You're going down to Miami down 0-2 because Miami's coming. They took a bite out of you in game one. They're going for the jugular in game two. Mm-hmm. And you go down to Miami down 0-2, you'll be lucky to win one game down in Miami in front of their friends. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Look, I agree with you. And I, I would not want any parts of this Heat team. There, There is just something about them. They're well coached by Spolstra. Uh, they are prepared. They're not afraid in any circumstance. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter, road, home, whatever, man. They're tough. They are just a tough bunch. All right, what do you think of tonight? Uh, you got the Nuggets and the Lakers, and game one, the Nuggets win. They get out to a really fast start. The Lakers fought all the way back, cut it to three, I think it was, at one point. They, they cut it to three twice in the fourth quarter. So do you think they figured something out along the way, Derek, or do you look at that and just say, hey, it's an ebb and flow of – you know, of an NBA game, a playoff game, et cetera. What do you think of for tonight? Let me check out while we, while we, while you're answering that, let me see if I can pull the spread up here in that game. Uh, let's see. Okay. So tonight's spread nuggets are minus five for what it's worth. All right. I think it's going to be another similar game to what we saw in game one, but I don't think, Denver will open up a 21-point lead this time. I think the Lakers would do a better job keeping it close. Um, I just think Denver has been so almost unbeatable at home. I think they're going to sweat it out, but they're going to go back to L.A. up 2-0. Denver knows if they let the Lakers get one, they're in trouble going to to L.A. for games Mm -hmm. three and four. Yeah. Um, I think these teams are evenly matched. I think the Lakers play better defense than Denver does. But Denver puts so much stress on teams because they have so many sharpshooters who can run up the score, you see. And I don't know if the Lakers can continuously shoot match three for three with Denver. Denver is a team of experts shooting threes. The Lakers are a streaky team when it comes to shooting the threes. They have to rely on their defense in a transition game to keep them in games. If Denver comes out hitting the threes all night, it's going to be a rough night for the Lakers, but I do think it's going to be a very entertaining game. Hey, so far, the first two games of both series have been very entertaining. That's all I wanted to see. I agree. Very entertaining, dude. I've yeah. enjoyed both of them. I'm in. Yeah, I, I'm 100% in, uh, you know, watching every every minute of both games. That's for sure. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a good game last night. We'll see if they're able to contain uh, and contain the Joker a little bit better. You know, and, and, yeah lost in the shuffle of all that a little bit was Anthony Davis had a monster game. He was 40 points in that game. And I'll tell you what, LeBron was like an assist shy of a triple double. LeBron, LeBron was, Jeez. You, didn't, you, know, you get some major firepower. It's fun to watch Jokic and Murray work off of each other. Uh, you know, it's fun to see LeBron still do this 20 years into the, into the league. Right. It's good basketball. It is. It is. I, I, I don't see Joker getting, uh, 16 rebounds in the first half the way he did in game one. I think the Lakers are going to do a better job trying to shield him off from that. Um, and Miami, uh, Miami is my team. I'm a Miami Heat fan for the rest of the playoffs. I just like the underdog mentality. Nobody expected them to get this far. Nobody's expecting them to get to the finals. Nobody obviously is expecting Miami of the four teams left to win it all. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the Miami Heat to go all the way in this game. And I just love everything about them. Their yeah. team, they're, t- they're, they're a team of misfits. You know, I talked about the island of misfits yesterday. You know, you got seven undrafted players on that team uh, and a star and Jimmy Butler and a bunch of role players. 
You know, they brought in Kevin Love during the season, and he's been yeah. a great asset to them. I'm a Miami Heat fan the rest of the play, NBA playoffs. I'm with you, you know, and normally not a team I love, but there's no question. I respect right. the way they go right. about their business. I respect the way they do things, and yep. they're playing the Celtics, so nothing else needs to be said. I'm <laughs> a fan of whoever is playing the Celtics I'm a fan of. So, uh, all right, let's uh, – Let's hit some birthdays, and then I'm going to swing it back to a couple other things that I want to do uh, with you today, throw past you today. All right, we will start here. Uh, Tina Fey. Tina Fey is 53 years old today. Tina Fey uh, of Saturday Night Live, of 30 Rock, of a lot of movies, phenomenal writer, in addition to everything else that she does, play you know a screenwriter and all those kind of things. She does a lot of things extremely well. She grew up in my hometown of Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. Did she really? Yes, Tina Fey. She went she, to Upper Darby High School. She will forever be known for her impersonation of uh, Palin. Oh, Sarah Palin, yes. Oh, my goodness, dude. That was <laughs> hilarious. It was dead on. Oh, my goodness. You know. Yeah. But great, yeah. great entertainer, Tina Fey. I, I'm surprised she's 53. She doesn't look 53. No, it absolutely doesn't. You're right. Would you consider her in the strong category, Mr. Ellis? Yes, in sort of a book, like library Yes, I would. <laughs> so there are librarians you consider as strong? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. All right, well, yes. why are you blushing? Yeah, I mean that really that really took you that really took you a couple seconds to really thoroughly think your thoughts I out there. Don't mind the sort of glasses, you know, right, right. buttoned up look. That can that can right, work. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. I yeah. agree. Okay. Um singer George Strait is 71 years old today, yes. country singer. Pernell Roberts, who played Trapper John uh, on the not Mash, but on the actual TV show, uh, is was Pernell Roberts. I always had the beard. He did a lot for 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 people and children in particular in third yes. world countries. He he, yeah. he he was a missionary and and basically quit acting to go to, yep. to live there and help feed people who were less fortunate. He was a guy who really cared about yep. his man, fellow man. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, I think his best role was Adam Cartwright, Cartwright Bonanza. I yes. love that old old Western show, Bonanza. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, singer Jack Johnson is 48 years old today. Yep. He is a Hawaii. He's he, he's a Hawaii native, very sort of like uh, beachy kind of feel for hit to his music. He's mm-hmm. a very talented guy. Uh, Perry Como, the singer, was born on this day in 1902, 1912. 1912. Like yeah. Yep. Uh, the great. The great Reggie Jackson, 77 years old today, uh, Reggie. The straw that stirs the drink, as Reggie once called himself. Who will ever forget the game where he hits three home runs in a playoff game? Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, And just the battles uh, with Billy Martin. And he was was the original, you know, drop the bat, admire your shot guy. Uh, in baseball, they really wasn't done till he started yeah. doing it in the yep. '60s and the '70s. Yep. Uh, so, Mr. October, Reggie, Reggie, uh, Reggie Jackson, Frank Capra, the multi-Oscar-winning uh, director, was born on this day in 1897. All right, Derek. Perhaps if he's not my favorite, he's in my top three or four all time. I had a very small window when I followed professional wrestling. Very yep. small. But my man, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, is one of my all-time favorites. Coming off the top ring with the, with the Superfly move and pinning you 
is still one of my favorite. I loved Superfly Snooker. He was my I guy. couldn't agree with you more. I was a yep. big fan of him. You know, guys like Sting, yep. all these guys, um, you know, Goldberg. Yep. But, you know, Superfly was one of my absolute favorites, man. <laughs> he was um, a bad man. He was athletic. He could do everything, man. It was awesome. I, I just didn't realize. I didn't know he had passed away in 2017. Wow. He's, a lot of these wrestlers go very young, man. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. Back issues, spinal issues, all this stuff. You look at Hulk Hogan. He can't walk without a cane now. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, they they beat themselves up bad. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it's tough to watch sometimes what happens to those guys later in life. But uh, Superfly, I had to get him in. Vince Young, Mr. Dream Team. Yep. He is 40 today, is, is Vince Young. Whew. Hard to believe he's 40 already. Um, wow. But, yeah. He didn't career didn't quite work out the way a lot of people had thought, um, but was yeah. a great college player. That's for sure. Uh, Dwayne Hickman, the the actor uh, who was Dobie Gillis, uh, was born yeah. on this day, 1934. Uh, Bill Macy, who, who was an actor who was in Maud and a bunch of other stuff, yeah. born on this day in 1922. Um, Clint Capella. The center, the big man, is twenty nine years old from the NBA. Dude, what a what a story he is! He grew up in a, in a rough childhood, spent a lot of time in foster care. Oh wow! And and to be able to elevate himself from that to run, you hear so many horror stories about kids coming out of foster care and how they turn to a life of crime, yeah, and, and, and heinous things like that. And here's a guy who rose above it, went to college, got in the NBA to make a better life for himself. But yeah, he grew up in a tough environment as a kid. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, Clint Capella. Uh, beyond that, the, the, another great, another all-time great Brooks Robinson, yes. uh, the great third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles, who is uh, still with us, fortunately. Uh, but you know, you could make a, I think a case with him, maybe Mike Schmidt, Nolan Arenado as being the greatest fielding third baseman that have ever lived. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's 86 today. Pope John Paul II, uh, who yep. was the, who was really the Pope of, of note for me when I was a kid uh, that I, you know, that he visited Philadelphia in 1979. Uh, and that was enormous. Uh, but he was, uh, he was, did you know he was a really good soccer player back in his day? I did not. Yeah, he was, he was a big soccer, wow. big, big fan of soccer, followed it even as, you know, his later years. Uh, that's all I got birthdays. What else do you have? Um, we have uh, Andreas Kalsula. <laughs> Now, it might not ring a bell to you, but you remember the original movie, The Fugitive, with Harrison yeah. Ford? And oh, I love that movie. He's the one that played the one-armed the one arm uh, man that they were looking for. Oh, that's him. Okay. That's him. He always yeah. played these devious, mysterious roles. He was also, um, what's the other movie? Uh, Next to Ken, he was in that movie. Yeah. He was in a Star Trek TV series. Uh, but he was a great, like, serial killer, okay. mystery-type guy player. But his name, yeah, but he's one of those guys, good actors. You know, we talk about this all the time. Good actors who names you never know. That's yeah. who that guy was. Okay, okay. All right, you have uh, Matt Long, who played with uh, Nicolas Cage in Ghost Rider. He's 43. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Martin, uh, the cartoonist. Don Martin had his stuff published in Mad Magazine from 1956 to 1988. Damn. Yeah. That's a long run. That's a long run, dude. Okay. Yeah, he unfortunately he passed away in uh, 2000. Okay. Uh Daniel Marshall, former UConn basketball star. Daniel Marshall is 50 today. He's now an assistant coach with the uh the Greensboro Swans G League. Okay, trying to break into the NBA. Yeah, yeah. All right. Interesting. Played with eight different teams. Happy birthday, uh, Adam Adam's exploits yesterday. It was yesterday. Adam's birthday. Adam's birthday the same day as mine? Happy birthday, Adam. Yes. 
You mean I got to be nice to Adam now for the rest of you my do. life? You do. Unfortunately. Oh, man. You guys are locked in. Same birthday, man. So Happy birthday, Adam. Yes. All right. Uh, Olivia Harrison is an author. She's a widow of uh, the former Beatle George Harrison. Yeah, yeah. She's 75. Okay. Um, actress uh, Elizabeth Rogers was born on this day in 1934. One of my favorite actors, you're not going to believe this. One of my favorite actors is a guy named Chow Yun-Fat. Chow Yun-Fat, okay. Yeah. He played in a movie called The Replacement Killers with uh, Mira Sorvino. Did you ever see the movie The Replacement oh, Killers? Oh, yeah. That's a good I movie. Dude, I love that movie. He also played in Pirates of the Caribbean and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I know who he is. He's uh, good. Yeah, okay. he's good. He's 68 today, man. He doesn't look like it. No, I love that dude. Also, uh, Robert Quinn, your favorite former Eagle. Robert <laughs> Quinn is 33 today. Fourth rounder for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you and Bear from day one? I know. Don't you get were excited. On it. Don't you get excited. You know. yep. uh, Ruth Madoff, uh, wife of Bernie Madoff. Jeez. He's a, uh, she's 82 today. Yep. Yannick Noah, the former tennis great who won the French Open. He's yep, Joe Kim's dad. That's right. Yep. He is 63 today. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marty McSorley, uh, former NHL defenseman and uh, forward, enforcer. is 60 today. Yep. It was Gretzky's enforcer when they That's played right. together with the Cap uh, with the uh, Kings. That's right. Yep. He's he's 60 today. Did I leave? Did I leave anybody out? Nope. My list is uh, oh Alana Stewart, former wife of uh, the widow. The widow, ex-wife of Rod Stewart. Ex-wife, yeah. Yeah, yeah ex-wife. He's still with us, yeah. She's okay. uh, she's 78 today. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw a couple movies your way. Uh, All right. 2001, Shrek. Can't go wrong there. Yep. 2007, Shrek 3. Yep. Came out on the same day. 2018, Book Club. Um, okay. 2012, Battleship. Yep. I don't have anything else. 2018, Deadpool number two came out. Okay. okay. That's it. That's all I, like I got, Deadpool. man. Yeah, I like Deadpool one. Uh, yeah, I didn't I like know. two that much. You know, I don't think I saw it too. See, even even uh, Tone said Chow Young Fat is dope. Remember Bulletproof Monk? That's another good one. Good yeah, that job, guy. Tone. That guy is yeah. excellent, man. He's he, an excellent he, actor, man. Yeah, he's good in everything. That's for sure. Um, all right. Well, so here's what we have coming up. Phillies are off tonight. They're coming back from the West Coast, they're off. They're back at it as we mentioned tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eagles. You know, we'll see. I I'm, I'm trying to think. Have they? So they locked in their first rounder and both thirds. Thirds, yeah. Yeah, the second rounder not yet, right? Uh, I don't think so. All right. So anyway, we'll we'll see if that comes down uh, as we inch closer here to training camp and 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 everything else that they have in the off season. Uh, so that's where we're at. That we got the NBA tonight's the Western Conference Finals game two, and then back at it to the to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's where yep. we are there. Uh, the NHL's down to their final four. As well, Jonesy will be covering it. So we do Keith Jones who we had on. Yeah. If, you, if you missed it, uh, just go to jacobsports.com and you can watch the interview mm-hmm. in its entirety. Go to Jacob Sports YouTube channel as well. We had Keith Jones on at 1.30 if you want to check that out. So that's kind of where we are here, Derek. Uh, and we're back at it. You and I are back at it tomorrow. We're looking forward to it as your as your birthday week marches on. Uh, and then your your big weekend and everything else that's, that's going down. You're fishing and tacos. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. But, uh, yeah, we're back at it tomorrow. We appreciate it. want to thank Tone to Shields, Tone. And shout out to Tone's mom, Tone. who's feeling, who's feeling yeah. better. We're excited yeah. about that. Prayers for your mom, Tone. Good stuff right there. Uh, and thanks to everybody in the chat section, everybody streaming, everybody listening. We do appreciate you. But don't go anywhere. Uh, because we have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming and, your and, way. And, and Chuck, Chuck Hutton, 
uh, Forest Hill. Thank you. We appreciate it, man. We're just trying to have fun and be informative at the same time. Yes. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll keep it cranking. We'll be back with you tomorrow. So everybody have a great Thursday. We'll see you on Friday at the same time. For Derek Gunn, I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Take care. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.